This week is Root Insurance Week on MRN. Hey, race fans, Root Insurance does car insurance differently. They're saving good drivers money on car insurance without the mascots. Get the app today. Root for good drivers. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Good afternoon, everyone, from Phoenix International Raceway. Well, Eli Gold, the theme of today's race certainly would be making points, not with each other or with the boss, that's for sure, but Bill Elliott, Davey Allison, and Alan Kowicki all have that in mind. None of these three can afford to make a mistake here today with just two races to go. If they do, for all practical purposes, either one of them has a really bad finish. They can kiss their chances of winning the Winston Cup Championship totally goodbye. Mathematically, of course, any one of the top five point men could be the series point leader following today's Pyroyal 500, but as you say, as Mark Martin learned last weekend at Rockingham, North Carolina, one mistake at this stage of the year, and you can pretty well count your chances as finished for the season, but when you take a look at this racetrack, you'll quickly see that in the previous four races here, all of the contenders for the Winston Cup Championship in 92 have done well here. The previous race winners here have been Alan Kowicki. He's third in the points right now. Davey Allison, second in the points. Bill Elliott, the point leader, and of course, Dale Earnhardt, who is the outgoing winner. Winston Cup champion also with a win here at Phoenix International. So to say that this track necessarily favors one man over the others might be tough to make that selection. But nevertheless, it's going to be a great day. You could not shoehorn another fan into this racetrack. The mountainside that rings around turns three and four of this uh, racing facility as full of racing fans who have clambered up to the top of that mountain on the Indian Reservation to try and get a bird's eye view of this racetrack. It's a spectacular setting. It should be quite an interesting day of NASCAR racing. Most of the drivers have already climbed aboard their cars. Let's take a quick look at the starting lineup. 42nd starter is Ricky Scribner of Orangevale, California. Ron Hornaday Jr. of Palmdale, California will start 41st. 40th starter is Butch Gilliland of Anaheim, California. Jeff Davis of Orange, California starts 39th. 38th is Stanley Smith of Chelsea, Alabama. And Bill Sedgwick of Granada Hills, California starts 37th. There's a Winston West Point championship battle we'll talk about today. Sedgwick is just four points behind Bill Schmidt going into this the final race of the year for the Winston West drivers. 36th starter Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin and the Winston West Point leader Bill Schmidt from Redding, California starts 35th. 34th is Scott Gaylord out of Golden, Colorado. He's in the Jimmy Means car this weekend. 33rd is John Krebs of Roseville, California. 32nd, Jeff Purvis from Clarksville, Tennessee and Jackson, Mississippi's Lake Speed starts in 31st. 30th will be Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina. 29th, Dick Trickle from Wisconsin's Rapids, Wisconsin. 28th starter, Rick Corelli of Denver, Colorado. 27th, Wally Dollenbach from New Brunswick, New Jersey. 26th, Terry Labonte out of Corpus Christi, Texas. And 25th, Greg Sachs of Mattituck, New York, had qualified the car. Greg has since had some problems here this weekend with kidney stones. Now, Hut Strickland of Calera, Alabama is scheduled to start the car. We'll keep you posted on that situation throughout the afternoon. 24th, Richard Petty of Random, North Carolina making his final start here at Phoenix. 23rd, Jimmy Hensley of Ridgeway, Virginia. 22nd, Morgan Shepard from Conover, North Carolina. And 21st, Bobby Hamilton of Nashville, Tennessee. The top 20 looks like this. Jeff Bodine out of Chemung, New York in the 20th spot. 19th is Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina. 18th, Bill Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia, the Winston Cup point leader. Dale Jarrett of Conover, North Carolina, starting in 17th, wearing the Phoenix Cardinals headgear here this weekend, honoring the NFL franchise of just a few miles up the road. 16th starter, Ted Musgrave of Franklin, Wisconsin. 
15th, Brett Bodine from Chemung, New York. Rick Mast of Rockbridge, Baths, Virginia will start 14th. 13th is Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington. Davey Allison currently in second in the point standing, starting 12th out of Hueytown, Alabama. And Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky will start in the 11th spot. Quick look at the top 10 and 10th, Darrell Waltrip, Franklin, Tennessee. 9th will be Ken Schrader of Fenton, Gentlemen, Missouri. start your engine. And in case you recognize the voice there, that certainly is Richard Petty giving the command to fire him up here at Phoenix International Raceway this afternoon. Eighth position belongs to Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas. Seventh, Kyle Petty of Randall, North Carolina. Sixth, Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania. Fifth, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California. Fourth position on the field is Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia. Third, Alan Kowicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin. And the two spots on the front row, Sterling Marlin, Columbia, Tennessee, outside pole, and Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri, on the pole. So that's the starting lineup. The bombs are bursting in air. The balloons being unleashed here as they float skyward in the Arizona desert. It's the Pyroyal 500 next. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Craftsman in your hand, up to stop me and yell. Now the chair quickly stand, only the engine repair. Craftsman in your hand, nothing you can't do. Like the lawn, Mickey John, or that kitchen add on. Craftsman in your hand, up to stop me and From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. And down to the start-finish line, the first of 312 miles here in Phoenix. The Pyroil 500 is underway. Green flag is in the air. Rusty Wallace said today, I'm going to lead every lap of this thing if I can. On the break, he gets away clean in turn one. Rusty has the inside line going into turn one. The battle directly behind him. Alan Kowicki tries to move up on the Sterling Marlin car. They're also stacked up double wide behind them. Ricky Rudd on the outside. Ernie Irvin down low. A couple of Fords in the battle for the second position. On the inside is Kowicki. Sterling Marlin on the outside. They'll stay two by two as they enter turn three and four. Kowicki gets the advantage, but now Marlin battles back in the corner. Ernie Irvin also had the idea to try and make it three wide for a moment for second spot, but wisely everybody settles in single file. The first lap, a clean one here at Phoenix. They're back in one. Rusty Wallace already has about a five-car length lead on the second-place machine, which now is Sterling Marlin. He finally breaks away from Alan Kowicki. It's Ricky right on the move. He goes to the outside of Alan Kowicki. On the inside is Alan Kowicki down the back straightaway. Ricky Rudd stays to the outside. Kowicki muscles his way to the bottom of the racetrack, but Rudd is there. They'll stay side by side under the bridge and back to the start finish line. That's where the battle's at will be for third place. Meanwhile, Rusty Wallace had pulled away some five car lengths over Sterling Marlin. Back in third place, that's Alan Kowicki. Ricky Rudd takes a look underneath him back in turn one. Alan rocking the move there as Ricky Rudd tried to move down low. Kowicki held him off. Now Rudd's going to have to deal with Ernie Irvin. He's trying to move to the outside of him off turn two. That'll be the battle for fourth. A couple of Chevrolets will duke it out there. Ernie Irvin, however, drops back in line as they enter turn number three. A good move, as I was saying there seconds ago, back in eighth spot as Kyle Petty makes the move inside and around Mark Martin. Kenny Schrader follows through. The man who really lost in that exchange was Darrell Waltrip. He'll drop some four positions on that position change. They're back in turn number one. Just joining us, we are three laps complete of 312 here at Phoenix International Raceway. Ricky Scribner, one of the West Coast regulars, the man who is currently 
trailing the field. He is a goodly distance behind the other 41 drivers in this 42 car starting field. Rusty Wallace continues to lead out of turn four. Boy, he is setting a pace that is hard to match in the early going. Wallace ahead a moment ago by four car lengths. They've chopped it down now to two. Field beginning to string out a little bit. Single file back to about ninth position. They're back in one. One cars are single file and Sterling Marlin trying to hold off Alan Kowicki's advances. That's the battle for third. Meanwhile, Darrell Waltrip gets squeezed out of the groove further back in the pack. He loses a spot to Derek Cope. The top three cars now squeezed together as they enter turn number three. Rusty Wallace's lead chopped down now by Sterling Marlin to a half a car length in turn four. Darrell Waltrip still can't get his car back into the low groove. Same situation we saw early in the race at Rockingham last weekend. And now Davey Allison being challenged by Bill Elliott for a position. They're running back in 19th spot now to turn one. Davey Allison tries to hold his line coming into the corner. He'll hold it there for the time being. Meanwhile, up front, it is Michael Waltrip bearing down on Jimmy Spencer. That'll be a battle for seventh. Waltrip takes a Pontiac to the outside, but Spencer is there. He defends the inside lane on the entrance of turn number three. So Waltrip has to fall back in line behind Spencer in turn four. Having a good run, Waltrip is in the early going. Here's the leader, back to the line, still four car lengths for Rusty Wallace. The closest thing to a good tight battle is going to be further back in the pack, and that will be between Ted Musgrave and Brett Bodine. They're all over to turn two. Brett Bodine got the inside line two laps ago when he finally worked on Darrell Waltrip. Now he's down on the inside of Ted Musgrave, but Musgrave gets the good jump coming off the corner, and now Morgan Shepard pulls to the outside of Bodine. Shepard gets about a half a car length advantage down the back straightaway, so down to the bottom of the racetrack will go the Brett Bodine machine. He stays down Low Shepard up high through three and four. A little puff of smoke from behind the Rick Scribner automobile. The West Coast regular will bring his car to the pit lane. It's a yellow and black automobile here on the West Coast as the lead cars are back in turn two. Rusty Wallace leads by three car lengths. Sterling Marlin rides second. Kulwicki is third. It's about eight car lengths back to Ricky Rudd in fourth and Ernie Irvin leading a pack in fifth. Right behind Ernie Irvin right now rumbling back down the back straightaway is going to be Jimmy Spencer. He'll look to the inside. Michael Waltrip is right behind Spencer. Now they'll all fall in line in turns three and four. They're about to complete eight laps of the Pyro 500 here this afternoon as they work back off into turn number one. 312 laps will make up the distance. Good scramble going on back there for fifth place right now. That's where Jimmy Spencer's trying to get around the Ernie Irvin car. He worked the inside groove. That didn't pay off. So off turn two, Spencer aims it to the outside line. He'll try to go around Irvin on the back stretch. He's also going to defend the backside from Michael Walter. His Pontiac is there. He'll look to the inside of Spencer on the entrance of turn number three, but Spencer covers the spot. They'll stay single file through four. Here they come back to the start finish line. Everybody holding their positions. One of the better runs here in the last number of weeks for the Pure Later Chevrolet. Derek Cope having made a nice move around Kenny Schrader seconds ago. He'll begin to try and chase down the cars ahead of him, including both Kyle Petty and Mark Martin. Cope's up to the 10th position now. He's about a car length behind the Mark Martin car and now begins closing in on him as they head to turn three. Cope takes a look to the inside of the Ford. He'll put his Chevrolet right down to the inside in turn number three, but the Ford is there, so Mark Martin defends his spot. The Chevrolet has to shuffle in line as they head through turn three and four. But a good strong run going on for Derek Cope right now. Field continues to string out even more. Here's Mark Martin breaking out of the pack. It's a start finish line. It goes after Kyle Petty now in turn one. That is the race for the ninth position. Martin has the inside line. Kyle Petty has to give some room but off the corner here is Kyle with a Pontiac getting a good jump. He's got a fender now the whole car length in front of Mark Martin. Derek Cope and Mark Martin side by side down the back straightaway. Martin to the inside. Cope gets the advantage on the entrance of turn number three. Martin has to fall back in line and now Cope goes to work on Kyle Petty.
Here they come. Back to the stripe. Cope and Petty continuing their battles. Meanwhile, on the garage area, two drivers already retiring their cars. Rick Corelli has taken his car to the garage. Not really unexpected after he was involved in an accident here yesterday during the NASCAR Featherlight Southwest Tour event. Also seconds ago, as we talked about on the racetrack, it was finally Ricky Scribner taking his car back behind the wall. That puff of smoke. The crew is still working on it out near turn number four, but the problems there apparently continue. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Rusty Wallace continuing to lead as he has since the drop of the green flag. We're now at lap number 16 as we welcome you into MRN Radio's live coverage of the Pyroyal 500. Some good battles all around the racetrack here in the last little while. Bernie Irvin and Jimmy Spencer have been dueling it pretty good. We also saw Davey Allison and Bill Elliott again. Joe Moore up near you in turn two and finally Bill was the one to give. That was a battle for about the 17th position. Directly ahead of them was Rick Mast. He made contact with Dale Jarrett. Jarrett had to fall back in line. Rick picked up the spot. Then Davey Allison fell into the hole, and Jeff Bodine as well got by Bill Elliott. Front four have opened up a lot of daylight on the rest of the field. Rusty Wallace is a little better than five seconds ahead of the fifth-place car as they work back into turns one and two. Mark Martin continues to pick them off one by one. He's got a good battle going right now with Michael Walker down in turn one. Working on Walter for the eighth position as they come into the corner, and Mark Martin does have the inside line, but Michael Walter's able to get up off the corner a little bit quicker than this Mark Martin. He'll pick up the spot on the back straightaway. Walter closes in the inside lane. The forward of Martin is forced to fall in line as he enter turn number three. Martin looks to the inside, and now Waltrip slides up the banking a bit. He'll open up the inside lane for Martin off turn four. Unscheduled pit stop for Dale Jarrett, who, as we told you, is wearing the Phoenix Cardinals helmet here today, and or at least early, he seems to be having as much success here as the Cardinals have of late. Winston Kelly? They changed right side tires on Dale Earnhardt. Dale Jarrett Chevrolet apparently getting together with another car on the track. He scrubbed it in on the right side. Butch Gilliland was in several laps ago. They changed left side tires. He cut down a left front tire, and they're still working on Ricky Scribner's oil pump. That's the problem on Scribner's car. And on Rick Corelli, he fractured three ribs yesterday in an accident that he was in involved in so he retired his car as expected some good battles going on back in the field right now brett bodine and kyle petty have been kind of leaning on each other a little bit they're over in turn two that's for 14th those two go side by side into turn one and off turn two the very same way kyle's got an edge out in front but bodine is still there with him brett bodine looks to the inside of kyle petty he'll get the position heading into turn number three but kyle petty is there he'll battle back to the outside and stays to the high side of the banking for turns three and four so some pretty good battles here in the early stages as kyle works to the outside of brett 
Pepodyne. Ricky Scribner has now just returned to the racetrack after the repairs to the oil pump. We are 21 laps complete of 312 that make up 500 kilometers here in Phoenix, Arizona. I don't think, except for a few minutes on Thursday afternoon, Barney, I don't think, or was it Friday, I don't think we've seen a single cloud out here all weekend. What a magnificent weekend it's been here in Phoenix. It's been unbelievable weather. The thing you really like out here is there's no humidity here in the Phoenix area. The air is just so fresh and just feels so great when you walk outside, but today is an absolutely gorgeous day. We did have a few clouds Friday afternoon just after that final qualifying session, but for the most part, the weather's been picture perfect all week long, and the race is going well for the teams that kind of figured it would for themselves. Here at Phoenix International Raceway, 24 laps are on the scoreboard. Rusty Wallace setting a blistering pace, but not being able to get away from Sterling Marlin right now. Marlin's had him within two car lengths is about as close as he's been once they put him on the brake there a moment ago. Now he's about four or five behind as they work out of turn number four and back into the straightaway. Three and four here, the critical corners at Phoenix International Raceway. They kind of say one and two will take care of themselves, much like the racetrack up at Pocono, but it's very flat coming through three and four. That is the critical area. The leader's back in turn two. Rusty Wallace working some slower traffic. Just got by the Ron Hornaday car. Now some clear sailing as he heads up the back straightaway towards turn three. Rusty Wallace now looks at a couple of other cars out in front of him as he heads into turn number three. He'll settle in line. Sterling Marlin still back by about three or four car lengths. Now Alan Kowicki about ten car lengths behind Marlin as they enter turn four. And out of turn four, here comes the battle for the Winston West Series Championship. Bill Smith is side by side with Bill Sedgwick. And again, going into this race, this is the final Winston West event of the year. It's a four-point lead for Schmidt over Sedgwick as the lead car in the race. Rusty Wallace now catches up with both of them. Sedgwick drops down to the inside, and Schmidt leads the way as Rusty tries to get by him in turn three. Rusty Wallace takes a Pontiac up high. Bill Schmidt is dusted off on the entrance of turn number three, and Wallace opens up the distance between himself and Sterling Marlin. And Wallace wastes no time in already catching the tail end of the field and has started lapping some of the quicker cars out there. So Rusty shows no sign of cracking that throttle as they work back into turn number one. Looking a little further back in the pack, pretty good bunch of traffic back there. Ernie Irvin's been trying to hold off Mark Martin. Been a good battle going on also with Kenny Schrader's He's been working them one by one. Schrader heads over to turn two. Schrader's having to work some lap traffic here. Just now getting around the Jeff Davis car, forcing him to go single file. He was trying to get by the Michael Waltrip car, and right behind him bearing down is Ted Musgrave and Darrell Waltrip. Ted Musgrave about one car length behind Schrader. They enter turn number three. They'll all settle into line single file. Waltrip slides up the banking a bit. Schrader takes a look to the inside to take advantage off turn four. Here they come off the corner. Everybody holding their positions for a moment. Derek Cope, who started in 13th spot, now running in 7th. Ted Musgrave. Grave, we just mentioned, having started in 16th. He's 11th. Morgan Shepard's on the move. A 22nd place starting spot. He is now running in 13th spot at lap 28 of 312 here in Phoenix. Rusty Wallace continues to lead the Pie Royal 500 here at Phoenix International Raceway. Sterling Marlin, the only driver who has remotely been able to hang with him, is running some 20 or so car lanes back in second. Alan Kowicki third. Ricky Rudd runs in the fourth spot. Jimmy Spencer running up in fifth. Sixth now belongs to Derek Cope, ahead of Seventh place, Terry Labonte. Mark Martin is in eighth with Ernie Irvin being shown ninth and tenth place now is Kenny Schrader. Those top ten cars have held their positions now for a good while. Eleventh is Darrell Waltrip. Twelfth spot is Michael Waltrip. In thirteenth, you add in the Ted Musgrave car. Fourteenth, Morgan Shepard. Davey Allison, fifteenth. 
Rick Mass 16th, Kyle Petty 17th, then Brett Bodine 18th, ahead of Jeff Bodine 19th, and Bill Elliott now running in the 20th spot. J- Jim Phillips, what are they saying in the Junior Johnson pit about Elliott's run here early? I just talked to Tim Brewer. He said the reason Elliott is holding his position like he is, there's so much fierce racing up ahead of him with cars slamming together and running into each other. He's not willing to take a chance at this point in the race to try to get by them, so he's just going to bide his time as long as he can to stay on the lead lap, and when he gets the chance that these cars swing out a little bit, he's going to try to move forward. There has been some pretty hard racing door-to-door going on around Elliott almost since they put him under green this afternoon. Still a pretty good battle going on right there where he is out of turn two. Yeah, he has his own fierce battle going on first with Jeff Bodine and now with Jeff's brother Brett. He moves up on the inside of Elliott. Elliott moves to the outside of Brett Bodine. Now he gets a position heading into turn number three. Everybody stays in line, but Elliott starts to drift up the bank. Bodine looks to the inside as they head off turn four. Again, if you're just joining us here in Phoenix, there is very little banking here, but there is just a tick of it. Nine degrees at one end of the speedway, 11 at the other. The straightaways are basically flat here at PIR as we work on lap number 36 of 312. Don't forget, later on today in this Pyroyal 500, the Gillette Halfway Challenge Contest brought to you by Right Guard and a Purse Burnt and Dior and the sensor shaving system. $10,000 going to the driver leading it halfway, and one of you folks listening at home could win a new Chevrolet Lumina or an instant bonus prize. If you have entered the Gillette Halfway Challenge, and if your entry is selected, we call you at home after halfway and can tell us which driver led at the halfway lap. You can win that Chevy Lumina Z34. The final contest of the year, of course, upcoming at the Atlanta Motor Speedway for the Hooters 500, the season finale. The contest is void in Louisiana and Minnesota. But elsewhere, if you'd like to enter, just write to the Gillette Halfway Challenge Sweepstakes, P.O. Box 2246, St. Petersburg, Florida, 33731. There is no purchase necessary. Rusty Wallace continues to make good on what he said, that he would lead every lap of this thing if it was possible this afternoon. And as good as that car has been hooked up in the early going, he may well do it. Just put the clock on him a moment ago. He is now one and eight-tenths seconds ahead of the second-place car, Sterling Marlin. Here's Rusty across the line, heading back into turn number one. That'll translate into about a third of a straightaway. You know, Rusty Wallace has done something a little bit different here. He he is hooked up with Eddie Ash, a fellow out of Oregon, and uh, Eddie Ash is assisting Rusty's regular engine builder, David Evans. Al Dixon is also involved. They have assisted in putting together basically a new cylinder head manifold combination. Those are a couple of guys, Eddie Ash in particular, that Rusty first met when he was racing some old Grand American cars out on the West Coast, up in uh, Oregon, Washington, and so on. So it's a relationship that goes back a while. And Rusty was telling me in the garage yesterday, that I think we have hit on something. He said, and we've shown it over the last number of races. Obviously, uh, Rusty has run well. And this very car is the same one in which he won at Richmond. It's the same car in which he finished second at Martinsville. And that new combination apparently, is, well, obviously, is working here today again. There's no question about that. Of course, they changed a few members on the team around also to get the chassis dialed in in the direction that he likes to drive. The car is working. They've got plenty of horsepower, so he's going to be uh, somebody to deal with, that's for sure, the last couple of races. Wallace continues to wind around this racetrack. Nobody showing any signs of catching him right now out of turn number two as they work back up that back straightaway. The interval is getting even longer between first and second over in turn three. Making about 10 car lengths, almost 15 as they enter the corner. Now Sterling Marlin has to dive way down to the inside of the racetrack to get around the Stanley Smith machine. They rub fenders as they exit the corner, and that loses a little more distance for Sterling Marlin. Here come the cars back to the start-finish line. We get the interval for you, first to second. Now two and two-tenths seconds from 
Rusty Wallace back to second place Sterling Marlin. One of the other interesting approaches for this weekend is the one that's been taken by, among other teams, Davey Allison, who of course is battling for the Winston Cup championship. His team tested at Richmond International Raceway in Virginia. They tested there for the race here in Phoenix, Arizona. I asked Crew Chief Larry McReynolds, why'd you do that? Are there a lot of similarities? Uh, there really is, Eli, and what I based it on, for one, it just wasn't practical, practical to come out here because of some scheduling conflicts, some commitments Davey had. So what we based it on is last year we run the same car at Richmond in September and, and run the same car here later on that year run second to Harry in September and won the race here with the same car and virtually was the same setup. The only thing that was really different was a little bit lower gear for Richmond. Uh, back in 1988 when I worked with Ricky Rudd we run the same car here in Richmond and, and had an opportunity to win both races with virtually the same package and combination. So basing it on that, that there are some similarities, the tracks are similar in shape, just a little bit bigger here at Phoenix is what we based it on testing at Richmond for two days, a little closer to home. And Davey Allison right now running in 11th spot. He had dropped back a little further than that earlier, but he's now climbed his way back up through the standing. Rusty Wallace still the dominant car here at Phoenix International Raceway. He is dominant in that he is leading this event as he has from the beginning on lap number 49, but some other awfully strong runs middle of the pack here at this stage of the day, including Ted Musgrave. He started 16th. By lap 20, he was 11th. Now at lap 47, now we're now at 49, but at lap 47, he was in ninth spot. He's made some awfully big moves. Let's get a thought from his crew chief, Sandy Jones. In the Jasper Engines pit with Sandy. Sandy, you started 16th. You moved up to 8th. Things are going well so far. Well, the Jasper's engine, Freedom Village Sports, run, not running too bad right now. We just hope that if we can stay green, the whole race would be a lot better off, I think. What about the pace Rusty is setting? Has that put any added pressure on the guys like you trying to chase him? Oh, he's got a pretty good lead on us right now. Sandy Jones, he got a tap on the shoulder from a crewman and uh, looking out at something on the racetrack as Ted called in on the radio, but they've moved all the way up from 16th to 8th right now and things are feeling pretty good in the Jasper pit. And the flow of this race for some teams is going pretty much the way they figured it might. For other teams, they are not having that good a day at all. Some of those cars are going backwards. Kyle Petty is in a battle right now with... Brett Modine, as they cross the line, almost touched there for just a moment going off into the corner. Kyle's car, one of those that's not working as well as he'd like it to. At races for the 20th spot, still side-by-side side off turn two, but this time, Brett gets the advantage of Fender out in front of Kyle's Pontiac. Kyle Petty takes the Pontiac to the outside of the banking. The last time through turns three and four, Dale Earnhardt made it three wide, and he looks to the inside again to try to do it once again, but they all settle into two-by-two two formation, coming off turn four back to start-finish. Earnhardt stays to the inside of Wally Dallenbach, Jr. Can't quite make a move there. Wally then tries to tuck to the inside of Kyle Petty. That battle goes back into turn number one, battling for 18th, while we check on pit road. Talked about Kyle Petty's car. I just talked to Robin Pemberton. He said the car is too tight. It just won't turn in the middle of the turns. When you have these long sweeping turns here at Phoenix, it makes it very tough, but he's getting past on the inside right now. Talked to Kyle Petty a little bit yesterday uh, about just wiping the field out at the North Carolina Motor Speedway a week ago, but he said Phoenix has been just the opposite end of the spectrum. We haven't done anything here over the years. Yeah, it has. I think we were going back over some old records the other day, and I think uh, the best I've ever qualified out here has been 18th, and the best I've ever run has been 17th. So this has been exactly the opposite end of the spectrum. I used to run pretty good when we used to run Riverside and then come here and run the Winston West race. Uh, then I've run third here a couple times, run fourth once, and had some pretty decent runs and got around the racetrack pretty decent. But 
You know, the last three or four times we've been out here, I've been way off, and it hadn't been car, it's been all driver, and we came out here and tested, and I spent, we were here two days, and for two days, I spent more time standing in the corners watching Mark Martin and Harry Gant run than I did in the race car, just trying to get used to it. We got a little bit better, so hopefully we'll be a little bit better this time. Caution is on the speedway, and we understand there is debris on the racetrack, and this will be the first caution of the afternoon. Just came out in turn three and four. The NASCAR officials were taking a close look at it. It was a couple of cars that had gotten together, and the piece of debris was just outside of the racing groove, but it was just too close to take a chance, so they're going to dispatch the cleanup crews to get that quick piece of debris. What they did do was wait until the race leader came around, Rusty Wallace, and he was the man upon whom the caution flag fell. So as the cleanup will take place here quickly, it gives us a chance to remind you that today's broadcast of the Pyroyal 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Phoenix International Raceway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description or accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. And here comes a whole field on the pit road. They'll take advantage of this first caution flag with 55, let's make that 56 laps on the board. Everybody wants to get in there and take a look at these tires, dump in a can of fuel, make a few adjustments, and certainly in some cases, quite a few chassis adjustments are going to be going on here on the speedway. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Rusty Wallace, the first car in on the pit lane on this end. They're all right around the right side to change the right side tires. Derek Cope is in. Mark Martin is in the pits getting a tire change. The pit board is out for Dale Earnhardt. Darrell Waltrip is in. Bill Elliott comes into his pit area. Kyle Petty's coming in. He needs a chassis adjustment. And Harry Gant, all these stops are routine. And four tires and gasoline. Alan Bestrick. Four tires and gasoline for everyone in the center section of pit road. Alan Kowicki, Davey Allison in and out. Jeff Bodine, Morgan Shepard, the Winston West Point leader, Bill Schmidt. That's Ernie Urban you hear roaring away, as well as Ted Musgrave. Michael Waltrip was in. Jimmy Spencer and farther on down the pit lane to Winston Kelly. Bobby Hamilton with four tires and gasoline, along with Terry Labonte. Kenny Schrader was in. He got four tires and gasoline, as did Michael Waltrip, Rick Mask, Wally Dollenbach, and Richard Petty. All those drivers getting four tires and gasoline. Those are the drivers on the lead lap. Now some of the drivers a lap or more down coming down pit road, including Hutch Trickland. Dick Trickle, Jimmy Hensley, all these drivers will also get four tires and gasoline. Back underway at lap number 59 as Rusty Wallace, as he has all afternoon long, leads the field back to turn one. Wallace jumps out by three car lengths already over Sterling Marlin. It's Alan Kowicki next to nine. He rides third. Ricky Rudd is fourth. Jimmy Spencer rounds out the top five. Jimmy Spencer looks at the inside of Rugg off the exit of turn number two. Now through the dogleg and down the back straightaway. They'll settle into single file. Already Rusty Wallace beginning to build the lead, making about three car lengths in turn four. Well, the pit stop didn't change anything for Rusty that's for sure the car just as good as it was before they went in a moment ago. Still riding second is Sterling Marlin. Alan Kowicki's third. Ricky Rudd is fourth. Jimmy Spencer is fifth. Pretty tight battle from there on back as they work to turn two. Davey Allison back behind Derek Cope in a fight for the seventh spot. Allison trying to take the line on the inside. Coming off the corner. He couldn't make that move. And further up, Ricky Rudd is working on Alan Kowicki. Ricky Rudd looks to the inside of Kowicki. Ford and Chevrolet in the battle for third. Kowicki covers his spot to the inside on the entrance of three. But Ricky Rudd looks down low through four. Boy, that last pitch stop was a big help to some and not so good for other teams. Dale Earnhardt's team got him an extra six positions by the quick work of the flying aces. Conversely, Ted Musgrave came on a pit road in ninth. He exited in 14th spot. He didn't do all that well on that pit stop. It cost him a few positions. The leaders are on the back stretch. Rusty Wallace by about two car lengths. Sterling Marlin battles back heading into turn number three. They'll stay single file as they enter the corner. Now Marlin cuts it down to one car length in turn four. Carlin, uh- 
getting a couple of car lengths there as they come out of the fourth corner. Sterling trying to close in on him, but at the moment, the way Rusty Wallace is hooked up, nobody's going to do anything with him. The car that's on the move right now will be Jimmy Spencer back in turn one. He's got the Ray Bestis machine hooked up down on the inside of Ricky Rudd. They're dead even going into turn one. Off turn two the same way as they barely touch coming onto the back straightaway. Ricky Rudd on the outside, Jimmy Spencer on the inside. They'll stay side by side down the back straightaway into turn number three, and Spencer dusts off right on the entrance of the corner, and here comes Derek Cope. He'll look to the inside for fifth. Cope trying to stay to the inside of Ricky Rudd while Spencer gets away. Remember this race a year ago, Spencer started 26th and finished 7th here. He loves this Phoenix racetrack, and they're back in turn one. Spencer's got the fourth position. The battle remains back for the fifth spot as Derek Cope breaks loose a little bit. Ricky Rudd gets the advantage this time, coming off the corner. Now finally clears Derek Cope on the back straightaway. Derek Cope stays in touch with Ricky Rudd down the back straightaway. Right behind is Davey Allison, and Allison begins to gain on Cope. That'll be the battle for the sixth position in turn number three as Derek Cope slides up the banking. While Davey Allison is going up through the pack, working his way even closer to the front, Bill Elliott's mired way back in the middle of the pack. There are about 27 cars ahead of him, although he is being shown in 17th position. Some of the cars directly ahead are a lap down, but Bill Elliott having his work cut out, trying to get back up to the front of the field as he works off into turn one. Elliott's having to work around some lap traffic, just dealing with Bill Schmidt here as he holds the inside line. Rick Mast falls in line behind Elliott as they go wide, getting around that lap traffic off turn two. Well, Sterling Marlin now trying to make a challenge for the lead. Here he comes out of turn number four to the start-finish line. He had drawn even for just a second against Rusty Wallace, but Wallace pulled away midway through the turn and leads him back to the corner. Marlin's right up on the bumper of the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac going into turn one. Now he looks down low. Rusty sees him coming, tries to slam the door, but here comes Marlin trying to move underneath him on the back stretch. Marlin puts the four to the inside. Rusty Wallace tries to cover the spot, and Marlin now has forced to drop back in line. Both cars tight to the inside in turn three, nose to tail. Sterling running a lot better after that pit stop and decides to put the pressure on Rusty Wallace. He went after him two laps in a row. He does it again this time out of turn number four. Tried to get underneath him coming out of the corner. Won't be able to do it. Takes a look on the outside this time in turn two. And those those two battle for the lead. Now Kulwicki is closed in from the third position. He's right up on the bumper of Sterling Marlin. Here's Marlin diving down low again, trying to get underneath Wallace. Couple of Fords chasing the Pontiac down the back straightaway, and Marlin gets the edge on the entrance of turn number three. Rusty Wallace's black Pontiac slides up the banking, and Sterling Marlin leads the Pyro 500 off turn four. Lap number 66, Sterling Marlin will take over the lead after it was Rusty Wallace showing the way for the first 65 laps, and the battle for second is not yet over. Open door down on the inside. Alan Kowicki fills the slot. He'll move down and bypass Rusty Wallace to pick up second. Jimmy Spencer also tries to make the move. He's on the move down on the inside on the back stretch. Spencer dumps to the inside off turn number two, but Rusty Wallace is there. He'll cover the spot. Now entering turn number three, Wallace opens up a half a lane, now a whole lane, and Spencer moves to the inside and gets the spot on Wallace off turn four. And Rusty had had the dominant car in the early going after that round of pit stops. All of a sudden goes from first back to fourth position. Caution on lap number 70 here at Phoenix International Raceway. While there are one incident taking place in turn number one, another car has just gone to the garage, and that is Jeff Bodine. But the reason for the caution in turn one, let's get an update. Snickers Ford came into the corner. Dick Trickle driving along. Looked good. Suddenly a big flume of smoke came out. The car spun, hit the outside retaining wall, and a close call for Brett Bodine and Jimmy Hensley. They dove down to the inside of the track, was able to clear. Meanwhile, the two contenders for the Winston West Championship in trouble in the front straightaway. 
Those are both Bill Schmidt and Bill Sedgwick, the two men who are battling for the Winston West title. And as we said, Jeff Bodine has just taken the motorcraft forward to the garage area. While all the attention was riveted on Dick Trickle there in turn number one, Bodine very quietly just turned his car off the racetrack out of turn number four and brought it to the garage area. We'll find out what the problem is there in just a moment. But this is the second caution flag of the afternoon here at Phoenix International Raceway. It came out on lap number 69 with the problem for the Snickers Ford. And here comes a few cars on a pit road. Brett Bodine will bring his car in. So will Harry Gant. We're looking for Richard Petty to stop, and he brings the STP Pontiac to his pits. Bobby Hamilton is on pit road. Here's Bill Sedgwick bringing his car, and Bill Smith coming in also. The two cars that are locked in the battle for the Winston West Championship. Let's cover the stop for Brett Bodine. Now Brett's car will come in. They will change right side rubber. Let's see if we're going to make a four-tire change. They will. They go all the way around to the other side, change all four tires to dump in a tank of fuel. So apparently these cars sliding back through the field. They were on pit road just a little bit earlier, but right now they elect to come back and make a few adjustments. Let's go to the pits. Harry Gant is uh, changing the left side tires. They're changing the left side tires in his car. 18.39. Bill Sedgwick is in. He's one of the West, West drivers in contention for the championship. He has some minor damage to the rear of his car. Not a lot of damage. Uh, I don't think it's even anything but cosmetic to affect the handling of his machine. He's getting a four-tire change, probably flat side of the tires when he spun here on the front straightaway. But the, the, Winston the, West, the Winston West point leader, Bill Schmidt, has much more serious problems. The whole front end of his car is pushed down. It's dragging on the racetrack. It's dragging on the left front suspension. He'll have to make at least a couple of more stops before he can continue on at race speed. Next Sunday, the Pantry 300, the NASCAR Bush Grand National Series up at the Hickory, North Carolina Motor Speedway, 145 Eastern Standard Time. We'll have that broadcast for you on MRN Radio. The championship battle, of course, will be decided up there. Terry Le- uh, Bobby Labonte, 33 points behind Joe Nemechek. Their ticket office will be open all week long, leading up to the Pantry 300 next weekend. And, of course, at Atlanta Motor Speedway for the Hooters 500, two weeks from the day, that will be the final Winston Cup race of the season. Winston Kelly has been trying to check on the story involving the Jeff Bodine team. Any word yet, Winston? Jeff has just crawled out of the motorcraft forward and walked into his hauler to change clothes, so we'll get a comment from Jeff in just a moment. Well, that's too bad. I talked to that crew this morning, and they had made a few adjustments and really felt like they had a chance to win this race, and now they're out of it. Let's go back to the pits. Barney, we're with uh, Barry Dotson. Barry, you started 13th today, but you moved up to 5th, and the car really looks good on the racetrack. Pure later, Chevy's running good for a change here. Uh, Derek's very good at this racetrack, and the uh, car was good the first stop. He didn't want to make any changes. He says, we're in pretty good shape. We're going to sit here and watch these other guys. We know they're racing for championships, but we're racing for a win. That's Barry Dodson, the crew chief for Derek Coke. At Phoenix International Raceway, MRN with live coverage of the Pyroyal 500 alongside Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. Joe Moore and Fred Armstrong cover the action in the turns today with Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Alan Bestwick in the pits and garage area. Next weekend, while the Winston Cup circuit is idle, the Bush Grand National Series taking center stage. Hope you can make your plans to join us. Pace car pulling off the speedway up in turn number four and in behind the pit wall as they come down to the line to take the green flag. Sterling Marlin is the leader. Alan Kowicki is second. Jimmy Spencer is third. Rusty Wallace is fourth as they scramble to find a spot to get to down in turn one. Several lap cars down on the inside trying to get back on the lead lap. Not able to do that. Dale Jarrett, one of those. Also Jimmy Hensley. There goes Sterling Marlin. He's broken out by two car links now over Kowicki. Alan Kowicki in the second spot about two car links behind as they head down the back straightaway into turn number three. To the inside, one of the lap cars will grab the position 
broken away. And now the battle is for second as Kowicki gets uh, a challenge on the inside. Coming off turn four. Jimmy Spencer is there trying the inside groove against Kowicki. He may not be able to make it pay off. They've got to deal with Dale Jarrett who's running just ahead of them as well in turn one. Spencer's able to squeeze it off. He'll pick up the second position over in turn two. Now Kowicki falls in line behind him. Rusty Wallace is next in line in fifth. Wallace back in the fifth position. They'll rumble down the back straightaway heading into turn number three. Everybody stays single file. Meanwhile, Sterling Marlin moves out to about a five-car length advantage in turn four. And the car right behind him about as strong as he is. That is Dale Jarrett trying to get himself back on the lead lap as he works in behind him and heads off into turn number one. Jimmy Spencer looks back there and he has plenty of company going down into the corner. And problems for Ricky Rudd. He went all the way out to the wall coming through three and four. Must have lost 10 or 12 positions if not more and is now beginning to get back up into racing speed. He was running in seventh spot when the car just kicked out and now he's back up to full racing trim. Alan Bestwick, any word or Jim Phillips, anything out of the uh, tide pits? Not at all. They're just kind of looking around, Eli, talking among themselves for now. Crew chief uh, Gary Dehart just calmly sitting on the toolbox and they don't really seem to be all that concerned. Mickey Rudd now back up to speed, running fairly well after getting out of shape there for just a moment ago. 78 laps are complete of the 312 that will make up the Pyroyal 500 here this afternoon. We have had just two leaders in the Pyroyal 500, Rusty Wallace and now Sterling Marlin, who continues to lead at lap number 81. Meanwhile, in the garage, let's see if we can update on Jeff Bodine's problems. Well, before we get a comment from Jeff Bodine, who's just completing changing his clothes in the Motorcraft Holler, they brought in the Snickers for heavy damage to the left rear end of Dick Trickle's car. Ken Wilson and the crew have swarmed over it. They're going to try to get it back in as he's currently in 20th position in points. Jeff Bodine's Motorcraft Ford has been rolled back here to the garage area. Donnie Wingo and the rest of the crew are still looking over that. Jeff has come back. Jeff has just stepped out of the uh, hauler. Jeff, what happened to the car? She blowed up. <laughs> had a good run going out there with Bill Elliott for a few laps. How's the racetrack? Would it have been hotter today? We weren't really going that good the first run. I said tires just weren't working right. We changed tires on that stop, and, uh, and boy, that thing was flying. I mean, we have the right setup for the slippery track, and believe me, it's really slippery out there. But we had the right setup. That thing was really trucking at the end, but damn engine blew up. What can I say? It's, uh, that's part of racing, I guess, but it's the bad part. Still a two-time winner on the Winston Cup Tour this year, and he'll be on the winner circle next year. Jeff Bodine out of it in the Motorcraft Ford. And as we said a little bit ago in our broadcast, uh, this morning they felt like they had a good chance to win this race. Jeff echoed that sentiment there, talking with Winston Kelly just a moment ago. But as he said, as Jake Elder used to say when they drop out of a race, what happened? Blowed up. That kind of says it all. Here's the leader, Sterling Marlin, off turn number four. He's got her dialed in real well this afternoon. Comes off the corner, takes it right out to the wall, works his way back into turn number one. He's put a lot of daylight on Jimmy Spencer right now now. If you're keeping up with the Winston Cup points battle, Davey Allison has worked his way up to 20, let's make that 6th position, and 17th right now is Bill Elliott. Elliott just pretty much running along in that one segment of traffic that he has all afternoon, and Tim Brewer said, we're in no hurry to get up there. We'll uh, have some more reports from the pits and the indications of Tim Brewer, what they plan to do before the day is over, whether they're going to come to the front, run a little harder, or try to come out of here with just a top 10 finish. Leader works across the line, heads back into turn number one. No real close battles through the top six or seven. Joe Moores are stringing out a little bit already. Yeah, the real uh, battle going on among the top five cars is between Jimmy Spencer and the lap car of Dale Jarrett. They've been going side by side for the couple of laps as Morgan Shepard comes into the corner. Smoke coming out of his machine. He slows, goes to the outside lane as everyone's able to get by cleanly. So Jimmy caution Spencer. is on the speedway. Caution for the third time this afternoon on lap number 85. Apparently a 
blown engine for Morgan Shepard in the Sitco Ford. We'll await verification on that, but uh, certainly that's the telltale sign as caution flies on lap number 86. We were talking about the Winston Cup point chase, the battlers for the Winston West Championship, Bill Schmidt and Bill Sedgwick, kind of like uh, Rocky and Apollo Creed, just slugging it away one after the other. They'll land a few punches, stop on pit road, get out there, make a lap or two, stop again on pit road as that battle now shapes up back in 38th position while they try and battle for the Winston West title here on the final race of the 1992 season for the West Coast driver. All the front runners will take advantage of this caution to get on pit road. Jim Phillips. And a great stop for Rusty Wallace's team as he beats everyone out on this end of pit road. Davey Allison comes out second. Sterling Marlin was third. Earnhardt's been in for four tires. Bill Elliott is in for four tires. Kyle Petty, Daryl Waltrip. It's very tight on this pit road. Uh, near collision that time with Bill Elliott and Michael Waltrip. Alan Bestwick. Alan Kowicki in for four tires and fuel. Davey Allison with a good stop. He got four tires as well. Ernie Irvin's had a little contact with somebody. One of the screens on the front end of his grill has been punched out. He got four tires and fuel. Also four tires for Jimmy Spencer. An outstanding stop for his team. He got back onto the racetrack quickly. Four tires farther on down the line as well for Lake Speed, for Brett Bodine. Bobby Hamilton was in as well as Terry Labonte. And let's check in the garage with Winston Kelly. Dick Trickle has just stepped out of the infield care center. The good news is he is okay. The Snickers four heavily damaged. Dick, what happened out there? Well, uh, you know, the motor just locked up, you know, uh, going into one and, uh, you know, got my, jerked my rear tires and got some oil on the tires and, you know, I popped it out of gear and tried to maneuver it through the corner, but a lot of times when you break a motor, you just can't, can't save it. Uh, you know, the Snickers Ford team has been doing real good and I got to thank the Stavola brothers for all the work they, and effort they put in and all the team guys and, you know, we got a real good car going to Atlanta at the end of the year and uh, I think we're going to finish the year off with a good run up front and could possibly win in that race. Dick Trickle out with motor problems. The Sitco Ford has also been rolled back into the infield or into the garage area. Morgan Shepard has stepped out from the Sitco Ford Thunderbird. Let's see if we can step over here and get a quick comment from Morgan. Morgan, an early afternoon, what happened? Well, I think we broke a rod. Uh, just too much gear in these cars. Uh, I think everybody thought it was going to slow down more than what we was. And we're sitting there turning about 8,600 uh, with a 350 gear, and I understand some of them was pulling 57 gears, so uh, uh, everybody's just trying to beat each other down the back straightaway, and, uh, and it makes it hard on the engines. That's three cars out with motor problems. That's the explanation from Morgan Shepard, the Sitco Ford, out this afternoon. 88 laps are on the board. We'll set the field for you when we come back. This car behind the pit wall. Green flag comes out. The leader is Harry Gant as he comes down to the line. A haul it off into turn number one. Alan Kowicki is second. Behind him is Rusty Wallace, and the battle is on over in turn two. Gant's got a couple of lap cars directly ahead. Stanley Smith and Hunt Strickland in front of the race leader. That'll hold Gant up for a bit, and will give an opportunity to Alan Kowicki to squeeze down to the inside and challenge for the lead. Kowicki moves to the inside, down the back straightaway. Rusty Wallace trying to go with him to the inside, and he does as they enter turn number three. Harry Gant is forced up high on the banking and loses the position on the entrance to the corner. So Alan Kowicki is the race leader with both Hutch Strickland and Stanley Smith now being shown on the tail end of the lead lap. The man on the move, Davey Allison, he'll steamroll to the inside of Harry Gant in one. Gant still trying to fight to this car back down to the inside line that's allowing Rusty Wallace, Davey Allison, now Sterling Marlin, now Mark Martin and Dale Jarrett to all get by Gant. 
Davey Allison with about five car lengths to gain up to Rusty Wallace. Wallace beginning to work on Kowicki as they enter turn number three. But Alan Kowicki moves to the inside, shuts down the low lane. Wallace is forced to stay in line. Boy, Harry Gant has gone straight backwards. We might get a report out of his pit to find out there's a problem on Harry's car. He's lost about six or seven positions. The battle is on for the lead back in turn one. Kowicki's got his hands full trying to get by the two lap cars that are racing side by side directly ahead as he tries to choose a lane. Rusty Wallace is looking for the other lane to bypass Kowicki for the lead. Pontiac and Ford in the battle for the lead down the back straightaway. Kowicki this time looks to the high side, but it doesn't pay off. He'll tuck in line behind Stanley Smith, and Rusty Wallace is right there. And again, Stanley Smith for the moment was side by side with Hutch Strickland running on the tail end of the lead lap. They'll finally allow the lead cars to work the inside groove as Wallace literally pushes Kowicki down the main straightaway. Single file down to the inside. The race leaders, Kowicki, then Rusty Wallace and Davey Allison. They've cleared Hutch Strickland, and now Kowicki draws the line on Stanley Smith. Stanley Smith to the inside, Alan Kowicki to the outside, down the back straightaway. Now Kowicki puts the Ford to the inside, but Stanley Smith shuts down the inside lane again, and Alan Kowicki is forced to look to the high side in turn four. Alan Kowicki not sure which way he wants to go. Rusty Wallace had the bumper literally stuck to him a moment ago. You might call that a bubblegum graph when you're stuck together. That's the way they were going off into turn number one, and they get that way again heading for turn two. Kowicki goes wide, trying to get around the lap car, and each time he does that, Rusty Wallace jumps down on the inside. If Kowicki goes low, then Rusty goes to the outside. Side lane. Rusty Wallace puts a Pontiac right on the backside of the Ford of Alan Kowicki. Kowicki again tries to move to the inside of Stanley Smith. This time Smith drifts up the banking. Kowicki tries to take advantage in turn number four. Right now he's hanging with the leaders in turn three. Alan Kowicki gets by Stanley Smith. Now Rusty Wallace follows suit in turn number four. Harry Gant, meanwhile, has dropped back to eighth position. Now Gant didn't pit a moment ago when everyone else did. He's lost a lot of spots, but I can't believe the car would be that far off against the guys that did put on new tires. They work back into turn number one. Front two cars now have cleared the lap car. Stanley Smith, they begin to move away. Davey Allison next in line to clear Stanley Smith. Davey's in third, Sterling Marlin in fourth, and in the fifth position now, Jimmy Spencer. Sterling Marlin beginning to work on Davey Allison as Allison stacks up behind Stanley Smith on the entrance of turn number three. Everybody stays tight in single file on the entrance to the turn. Mark Martin running in the sixth spot. Dale Earnhardt now posted in seventh. Derek Cope is eighth. Brett Bodine is ninth. Tenth is Ernie Irvin. Harry Gant is eleventh. Kenny Schrader twelfth. Kyle Petty thirteenth. The leaders work over into turns one and two. Alan Kowicki is out front, riding second right now. Rusty Wallace, just a couple of car lengths between those two, and it's about a second back to the third place car. They're all in turn three. Two car breakaway and about ten car lengths back to the battle for the third position. Still Stanley Smith is there, and as Davey Allison looks to the inside, Sterling Marlin tucks right on the rear deck. Sterling trying to follow Davey Allison through. Allison from Hueytown, Alabama, will muscle to the inside of Chelsea, Alabama's Stanley Smith, opening up the inside groove for both himself and Marlin. Marlin pulls up alongside Stanley Smith. Those two go side by side and in turn one. Smith goes up the banking just a bit. The rear end of the car kicks out. Marlin now able to clear the lapped car on the back straightaway. Sterling Marlin stays to the inside down the back straightaway and Stanley Smith is still there on the outside. Now Daryl Jarrett moves to the inside of Stanley Smith to take the position there and Sterling Marlin still tays about two car lengths and arrears to Davey Allison. And they'll put 102 laps on the board about a third of the Pyro 500 in the record book. Alan Kowicki is the only driver to have completed every single lap of the four races that the Winston Cup division has run here in the past. They had run 1,248 laps. Kowicki had completed all 1,248 laps, including one win. He picked up the victory here in his very first effort to victory lane in a Winston Cup race. And he's leading again here as we welcome you back with Kowicki, the leader, Rusty Wallace is second, Davey Allison third, Sterling Marlin fourth, Jimmy Spencer fifth, 
Mark Martin is sixth. Dale Earnhardt runs in the seventh spot. Eighth is Ernie Irvin. Ninth now Derek Culp and tenth Kenny Schrader. Kyle Petty is eleventh. Twelfth Brett Bodine. Michael Waltrip is thirteenth. Fourteenth is Darrell Waltrip. Running in fifteenth, he'll post the Bill Elliott car. Sixteenth is Harry Gant. As we have a new leader steaming back into turn number one. Rusty Wallace finally opened the door. He followed Kowicki for about twenty laps. Finally got to the inside line. Has bypassed Kowicki and moves out by three car lengths. Alan Kowicki falls in line as they headed to turn number three, and now Davy Allison begins to erode away the lead of Kowicki, making about four car lengths advantage for Kowicki over Allison in turn number four. And these fans here in the Valley of the Sun being treated to some great Winston Cup racing here at Phoenix International this afternoon as the lead is swapped back and forth on numerous occasions. Good races going on around the speedway, but for the moment it's all Rusty Wallace over in turn two. Wallace again with about a three to four car length lead over Alan Kowicki. Kowicki, five car lengths ahead of Davy Allison. Then it's about eight car lengths back to Jimmy Spencer. It's down the back straightaway. Alan Kowicki tucks in line, and Rusty Wallace continues to slightly open up that lead. Davey Allison is the man on the move right now. Four car lengths behind Kowicki for second. Whether it's late in a baseball season, late in a football season, whatever, you always check the scoreboard to see how the other teams are doing. Well, if this Winston Cup season would end at this very second, Bill Elliott would have just a 20-point lead on Davey Allison here at lap 110 of the Phoenix race. Let's check in on Davey Allison's pit. Allen, he seems to have really turned it up here just a little bit more. Well, they felt pretty confident coming into today that they had a good car, Eli, and that they could have a good run. Larry McReynolds and Robert Yates are standing up along the pit wall, timing the car, making all kinds of notes. Larry, how about a progress report on your race so far? Well, it seemed like when the race got started till maybe a little bit of rubber got down, you know, we couldn't get a hold of the racetrack like we needed to. We decided to leave the car alone because it started coming to him about 30 laps into the race, and uh, right now it's looking pretty good. You know, we still got a lot of racing to go. Allen's running awfully good. Rusty's awfully strong. Sterling showed some good muscle there early, so we just keep digging and see what happens here. But for right now, Davey Allison and this team doing what they need to do, and that's run up front and keep as many cars between themselves and Bill Elliott as they possibly can. And it's really hard to put a gauge on Bill Elliott now that you mentioned his name also, of course, locked up in the battle for the Winston Cup Championship as to how good or how bad that car is here this afternoon. You heard Tim Brewer say, we're just going to ride a little while, let the field sort out and kind of make our move a little bit later. There's a lot of door-to-door racing going on up there. They can't afford to play against the odds, that's for sure, with just one race remaining after they. Elliott's car doesn't appear to be having any problems going through the corner. We're standing here watching him get through the turns, both up in three and four and one and two. Car's working well. He's able to pin it to the bottom of the racetrack. He's able to work outside, inside, around some of the slower cars when he moves up. So it may be the best strategy of the day just to leave him there for a while, let the field kind of thin itself out. we got a lot of racing left yet. We're just at 113 laps with 312 left in the, or not that many left in the race, but that complete the race, 312 laps. Bill, do you have to approach these last two races more cautiously? You know, with being in the lead, all we can do is lose the championship, and I think you've got to approach things very cautiously and, and work from there. Right now, Bill Elliott in 14th position. Again, Davey Allison running in third. Kulwicki is in second to the way things stack up at this moment. We tell you that Elliott uh, continues to lead the points. Both Davey Allison and Alan Kulwicki at this very moment are each 20 points behind, tied for second. And only a couple of guys, Harry Gant and Kulwicki, among those who are battling for the Winston Cup championship. Only Gant and Kulwicki have picked up the five bonus points to lead a lap today. The other men have yet to make it to the point here at lap number 100. 16. Here comes Rusty Wallace back to the stripe. He will conclude lap number 121. He has 2.07 seconds on second place, Alan Kowicki, who is nose to tail with Davey Allison running in third. Bill Elliott, the Winston Cup point leader, is in 14th. The Winston West Championship 
Right now, Bill Sedgwick has two points and two laps on Bill Schmidt as this is the final race again for the West Coast campaigners here in 1992. Let's go down to the pits and Alan Bestwick. Standing in Jimmy Spencer's pit, Spencer's not been out of the top five all day and he's given the Raybestos car from Bobby Allen Motorsports three good runs since he's come to join the team. Of course, they had that fourth place finish at Charlotte. They were running in the top ten last weekend at Rockingham until a pit road problem late in the race knocked him out of the top ten. And with Jimmy Fenning, the crew chief, Jimmy, another good run so far for you today. Yeah, it's pretty good. We're a little bit tight right now, but we got time to adjust on it, but it's not too bad right now. Sometimes a team, a baseball team, to make the analogy, changes its manager, and even though it's still got the same nine players on the field, they start winning where they haven't been, and I think that's the case here. A little change in chemistry with Jimmy Spencer coming onto this team, and they've really put things together late in the season. But it's still the same old Mr. Excitement. He and Mark Martin just tagged together coming out of turn number four. Both men showed why they're running in Winston Cup racing because both cars were well aside, about to go looping around Fred Armstrong, and they both saved him. Martin moved to the inside on the entrance of turn number three, and again, Spencer was a little bit out of shape, and now Spencer loses a spot to Martin in turn four. Here's Davey Allison going after Alan Kowicki for second place out of turn number four. Davey pinned it right to the bottom of the racetrack, got a good bite, and will take the spot away as they head for turn one. Davey makes the move to the inside of the track, now leads Alan Kowicki picking up the second spot off turn number two. He stretched it out by three car lengths already on the back stretch. Davey Allison continues to open it up as those two Fords were battling it out for the second position. Now that is well settled down. Allison by five car lengths on the entrance of turn number three and heading over to four. Once Davey Allison got around Alan Kowicki, he has now knocked off six tenths of a second over the last number of laps against Rusty Wallace. It is 2.28 seconds right now. The edge that Rusty Wallace has on second place, Davey Allison. Meanwhile, it looks as though the end of the afternoon for the Jimmy Means car. He has West Coast driver Scott Gaylord behind the wheel here this weekend. The car being pushed up the wrong way on pit road towards the Winston Cup garage area. That's between turns three and four. Could be a serious development on the Budweiser Ford of Bill Elliott. It sounds like oh no, it's tough to isolate. No, there's smoke now. Smoke from behind Elliott's car. I was going to say it almost sounded like the car was running rough, but it's very difficult to isolate one car's sound on this track. This is a fairly noisy racetrack, but now smoke from behind the Budweiser Ford, and is this ever going to change the complexion of the Winston Cup points? Jim Phillips is in the pit area. Yes, we are. The pit board is out for Bill Elliott. The crew is standing up on the wall, and Tim Brewer has a water hose in his hand, so definitely trouble on the Budweiser Ford. He's been running in heavy traffic since they dropped the green flag. He started 18th. He's been able to only muscle his way four positions. So we'll wait till Bill Elliott to come down the pit lane. Bill Elliott is on pit road right now. The smoke very pronounced the last two laps around this racetrack. Now he has pitted all the way down, almost around halfway through turn one. They have added several pits here. We'll give him time to get down there and Jim Phillips to be in position to see what they're doing on the car. Let's go back. Well, it looks like, uh, Barton, they could have uh, lost a head gasket because there is smoke pouring out the right side. The only dent in the car is on the right headlight door as Junior Johnson has the hose. He's down on his knees, just pouring the water straight in front of the car in the grill section. He has a, two water hoses, as a matter of fact. And they have one inside the motor compartment and one outside as they try to cool this engine off. And when you try to do this quickly, a lot of times that spells more trouble than you had before when you put cold water on a hot engine. But Tim Brewer and Junior Johnson doing the work. It's going to be a lengthy pit stop and a lot of smoke. And now uh, the engine uh, builder for... 
junior Dodson team. Beecher Hetland is over overlooking the problem, but they're just shaking their heads and trying to get more water on the engine of Bill Elliott as time goes by in the Budweiser pit. And as I say, the best laid plans of mice and men sometimes go astray, and it has here today for the Budweiser Ford. We'll keep you abreast of what's happening down there as the afternoon goes by. But what a break for Junior Johnson and Bill Elliott and the Budweiser team. Rusty Wallace continues to lead the Pyroyal 500. Bill Elliott is now five laps down and in seconds will be going six laps down as Rusty Wallace is assured of bypassing him here going through turns one and two if not on the back straightaway. Let's go back to the pit and get a further update. I just talked to Beecher Hedlund. He says the engine has lost the water. So that means probably a head gasket for Bill Elliott's uh, car. They spent a minute and 41 seconds in the pits just a moment ago trying to correct the problems and surely they'll be back on the pit lane as the pit board is back up and a look of gloom on the faces of these Budweiser crew members. Bill Elliott goes back onto the racetrack. Now basically what they can do is go out there and maybe make a lap or two, bring the car back in, maybe work on it a little bit, cool it down a little more, hope the engine doesn't go completely away, come back out and make a few more laps. Now the attrition rate has been very, very low here. So that means that if Elliott does have to park the car here very shortly, he is going to finish far, far back in the field and going to lose an awful lot of Winston Cup points. Right now, let's check in the garage with Winston Kelly. The latest retiree this afternoon is Scott Gaylord driving for Jimmy Means. Scott, what happened to the car? Uh, they think a rocker or something came off, and it just all of a sudden started missing and running on seven, and the pressure went down, so I just had it, I just came in, and now they want to check it out and make sure that uh, maybe, maybe we can get back in, but I doubt it. Scott Gaylord, the sixth retiree this afternoon. He'll join Morgan Shepard, Dick Trickle, Jeff Bodine, Rick Scribner, and Rick Corelli in the garage area. And we'll be coming up on the halfway point here in just a few more laps. Right, we're at lap 142 right now. 156 is halfway. So, again, if your entry is selected as part of the Gillette Halfway Challenge today, and should we call you at home after halfway, and you can tell us which driver led at halfway and got the $10,000, well, you'll win a Chevrolet Lumina. And if you'd like to be eligible for that same prize for the finale of the season, of the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Just right to the Gillette Halfway Sweepstakes. P.O. Box 2246. St. Petersburg, Florida. The zip is 33731. Looking on the racetrack, Bill Elliott. Still a lot of smoke from behind the Budweiser Ford. He is right now in... Let's see, five laps down in 32nd position. And at this very moment, Davey Allison has taken over the Winston Cup point lead. As of this second, he'd be up by 15 points as we go to pit road. Junior Johnson of the Budweiser crew. Junior? Got to get word. Is there anything you can do to keep him out there? I know you've got a problem. Well, we, we don't know yet. Uh, we think it's got a piston burn on so that's the problem. Junior Johnson says probably a burn piston, but they're going to try to keep him out as many laps as they can. Every lap will count toward that Winston Cup championship. Here's Bill Elliott off turn number four. He comes all the way down almost to the apron of the racetrack, wants to get out of traffic because he is some 10 or 15 miles an hour off the pace of what everybody else is running. But the smoke is getting worse. As we watch it around the racetrack, the smoke is getting more pronounced. Jeff Purvis nearly had a major problem coming through turn four. The car kicked aside. He saved it. That the last second and he's having trouble steering he now does manage to muscle it to the garage area but Purvis nearly looped it in front of traffic coming out of turn number four scary moment for the driver from Tennessee so Jeff Purvis goes to the garage area joining Ricky Scribner Rick Corelli Jeff Bodine Dick Trickle Morgan Shepard and Scott Gaylord here comes Bill Elliott back down the pit lane and that 
bluish smoke still spewing from the Budweiser Ford as at 45 miles an hour the pit road speed he limps it on down towards turn one where the team is pitting again Jim Phillips it was an interesting situation just a moment ago, Eli, as Junior Johnson was conferring with Jack Roush. Of course, Jack Roush built some of the best engines in NASCAR Western Cup Racing. Those two conferring. As we look upon the engine compartment right now, there is a lot of oil on the left side of the engine compartment, and it's pumping smoke out of the left cylinder head and out of the valve cover on the left side. So lots of oil on the left side of Bill Elliott's car. As a matter of fact, from the front fender back to the number, it's completely covered in oil. Not a good day for Junior Johnson's team as they're hoping a miracle will happen here. They can find some way to get back out there and make as many points as they can. They certainly don't want to park that car right now, but we'll keep you abreast as to what the situation is in the Budweiser pits as they continue to work on that car. Here comes Stanley Smith. That car is going about three miles an hour. It has gotten to the head end of pit road, but I don't believe it's going to go any farther. It might be He might be shoving it along on the starter motor, if anything there, Barney. Now it's come to a total stop, and this is going to be a tough claw call for NASCAR. He's at the opening to pit road and they're going to have to put the caution out. Here it comes. Caution is on the speedway. Stanley Smith about 15 feet away from turning in behind the wall. He couldn't quite make it. Here comes Rusty Wallace to accept the caution flag as the leader here at lap number 158. And as that happens, it looks like Bill Elliott's car might be pulling out of the pits to go out and make another lap. That smoke continues to come out of Elliott's car. We'll update you there in just a moment, but we are under caution as the crew now will come out with the speeds reduced on the speedway and push Stanley Smith's car in behind the pit wall. They're going to take a look at it and see if they can make repairs to it and get it back on the racetrack. And we'll see everybody else on pit road here in just a moment. 158 laps are on the scoreboard. We're just past the halfway point with Rusty Wallace, the leader, Davey Allison, second as they get ready to open up pit road this time around. We'll see all the front runners on the lead lap diving into the pits here in just a moment. Pace car getting ready to come off the racetrack up in turn number four. Cut this field loose under green one more time. Here they come down on the flat part of the track in the pace car. Elmo Langley brings it in behind the wall and down to the line taking the green flag. Rusty Wallace comes up through that gearbox, tries to get away from the field in turn number one. Gets out all by himself in clean air. Davey Allison now finally clears himself of some of the lap traffic. He'll fall in line behind Rusty Wallace. Then it's Mark Martin being challenged by the lap car of Dale Jarrett. Behind him comes the Dale Earnhardt car and Kyle Petty. The top seven all single file down the back straightaway. Rusty Wallace builds about a two-car length advantage over Davey Allison as they hit turn four. Davey staying right there a couple of car lanes back as he works out of turn number four back to the stripe. Then the lap car of Dale Jarrett before you find Mark Martin working nose to tail with Dale Earnhardt. Then the lap machine of Kyle Petty, followed by Ernie Irvin. That is the battle. Earnhardt trying to get by the Mark Martin car. He taps him, coming into turn number one. Now falls back in line behind him. They'll go single file onto the back stretch. The battle is for third. Mark Martin has it, making the challenge. It's Dale Earnhardt down the back straightaway heading into turn number three, but Martin is there about one car length out in front of Earnhardt as they race into the corner. And the car that's really on the move right now will be Ernie Irvin. He has sliced his way through traffic, just moves around Kyle Petty. That's not a battle for position on the racetrack, but Ernie Irvin has one of the best handling cars on the speedway as the leader goes back to turn two. 
Irving Irvin tries to close it now on Dale Earnhardt. The car directly ahead, and he does start chopping down the distance here as they come off turn number two within a couple of car lengths of Earnhardt on the back stretch. That'll be a battle for the fourth position down the back straightaway heading into turn number three. Dale Earnhardt keeps it out to about two car lengths, but now Ernie Irvin battles back in his Chevrolet to the low side. One man who was running awfully well earlier with Jimmy Spencer, who I believe made two pit stops the last time through Alan Bestwick and has dropped him way back to about 16th spot. What was the story there? On their first pit stop, Eli, apparently three lug nuts were left loose or were not attached on the left rear tire. When he went back out onto the racetrack, that caused the left rear tire to go flat when he came around the racetrack. So they had to come back in, make a second pit stop to replace the left side tires again. And that's put Jimmy Spencer way back in the field. This may be the longest day of the year for the Budweiser team as Bill Elliott is just limping around on the apron of the racetrack. The whole field comes around him out of turn number four, trying to finish as best he can. They're showing him 17 laps down to the leader, Rusty Wallace. The battle for the lead, it's pretty close right now. Davey Allison has been up there, challenged a couple of times, but right now he's fallen back some five car lengths in turn three. That's the way they'll head down the back straightaway into turn number three, and still five car lengths for Rusty Wallace as they enter the corner, but the Ford of Davey Allison chops that down to four car lengths in turn number four. you got to think Davey's strategy might have changed just a little bit now, wouldn't you? With the uh, Elliott team obviously not going to win, and potentially they'll finish as far back as 35th or 36th. We'll get a thought or so uh, in a moment from the pit area. I'm the Davey Allison team. They're not going to lay down and roll over, certainly, but as far as the total aggressiveness, uh, throw the car where it has to go, they have a tad more breathing room now than they did earlier in the day. We are just past halfway. The... uh cars that have been running well, as you'd expect, the True Value Hard Charger competition. It is still Rusty Wallace showing the way. Davey Allison in second, just as we see on the leaderboard right now. The True Value points go to drivers on each lap of the race as they run through positions one through five, and those numbers are totaled up throughout the course of the afternoon. Let's go to Pit Road. In the Davey Allison Pit with crew chief Larry McReynolds. Larry, with Bill Elliott having any problems, does that make your race strategy any more conservative? Do you change your approach at all? Well, if it wasn't for a certain number seven car, I'm sure we could play that way. But we got to look over his shoulder. He's sitting there running strongly in the top five. And, uh, you know, we can't, can't run conservative, you know, because of that. we just got to keep going. Try to be smart. Try to make sure we know who we're racing with this thing's over going to Atlanta in two weeks. Remembering that Alan Kowicki is only 15 points behind Davey Allison, so even though Elliott has problems right now, Davey and Allen are racing hard to keep in the championship hunt among themselves. Yeah, it's certainly not a two-way battle coming in here at all. There was at least five cars mathematically had a good shot to win the championship, and there's still two or three very much in the hunt here this afternoon. Best battle on the speedway will be for fourth place over in turn one. That's where Dale Earnhardt's trying to hold off the Ernie Irvin car, and Kyle Petty's trying to get back up front and, and get uh, back on the lead lap. Here's Irvin going to the inside of Earnhardt of the backstretch. Side by side, two Chevrolets for the fourth position. To the inside is Irvin. On the outside is Earnhardt. Earnhardt slips up the banking. Ernie Irvin gets a fender up on him in turn four. Watching that battle unfold, Kyle Petty, he is a lap down. Then Kenny Schrader and Alan Kowicki, they are running on the lead lap, and Schrader was a winner here yesterday in the NASCAR Southwest Tour Series event. He probably has more miles on this racetrack in different types of race cars than does anybody out of the speedway this afternoon, with the possible exception of Richard Petty, who of course ran 
ran here for some nine years in Winston West standalone events that used to run right after the season finale at Riverside, California. But short of the king, it's probably Schrader who has more laps here. And he's watching a great battle between Irvin and Earnhardt just ahead of him. Okay, got the best seat in the house to watch that one. Ernie Irvin hasn't given an inch, neither has Dale Earnhardt. They're still locked door to door over in turn two. Irvin's got the inside line, but his car pushes up just a bit. Earnhardt uses the outside to get a good bite off the corner, but now Irvin will finally squeeze by and pick up the spot on the back straightaway. The yellow Chevrolet of Ernie Irvin to the inside of the racetrack, the black Chevrolet of Dale Earnhardt to the high side, and Earnhardt again battles back in turn number three, takes it up high on the banking and stays side by side with Irvin in turn four. Here they come back out of the corner. That position battle evaporates for the moment. Irvin by three car lanes on Earnhardt. Then nose to tail. Schrader and Alan Kulwicki at lap 173. Davey Allison is the point leader right now. 34 points behind him is Alan Kulwicki. 42 points back is Bill Elliott, who is currently running in 34th spot, 17 laps down. 178 laps are complete as Rusty Wallace continues to lead the Pie Royal 500 here in Phoenix, Arizona. Davey Allison right behind him. A couple three-car lanes back running in the second spot. If you could read smoke signals, the ones that are coming out from under the hood of the Budweiser Ford right now probably mean this day ain't worth a darn as Bill Elliott is again on pit road. Some 20 laps down, Jim Phillips. Well, the smoke is coming out now as in the Gila Indians on the warpath as Beecher Hetland and the crew go underneath the hood again, just trying to keep this car running. We've talked about a burned piston on that car. What that means is before the race, when they set the carburetor on the car, probably set it just a little bit too lean. That means a little bit more air gasoline mixture than you would want for this particular climate or this particular weather. So now they're just trying to keep him running as slow as possible, but this time the smoke was intensified more than the last. They take it back into turn one in a hurry. Wallace has got a clear Kyle Petty in the car directly ahead of the tail end of the lead lap. Ricky Rudd. Here's Rusty going to work. He'll clear Kyle Petty and now draws the line on Rudd. Rusty Wallace takes the Pontiac to the outside of the racetrack down the back straightaway. Ricky Rudd Chevrolet to the inside. Rusty Wallace easily gets around Rudd and now opens it up to a five-car length advantage. We saw some interesting strategies, Barney. Some of the teams taking just two tires, others four in that last pitch stop. Yeah, it really paid off for a couple of cars. It really helped Michael Walker. He picked up a bunch of positions going into pits, running way back in the field now is up toward the front end of the pack. Meanwhile, Rusty's trying to drive away from everyone over in turn two. Having a lot of help also by a couple of lap cars that are holding up the second place machine. Dale Earnhardt in third place, Davey Allison. Kyle Petty and Dale Jarrett, those lap cars sitting between the race leader in the second spot of Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt has to settle back in line. Back in third is Davey Allison. And we are in, under caution for an incident that just happened over in turn two. Sterling Marlin and Ernie Irvin racing for the fifth position side by side coming to turn one. They made contact and Irvin Irvin's the one who got the short end of the deal. His car spun around and hit the outside retaining wall. Marlin able to continue, but the left side of the car on Irvin's car looks pretty well damaged. Man, the pit road's going to be a busy place in a moment. So as we work caution for the sixth time this afternoon here in Phoenix, let's check out on pit stops. First to Jim Phillips. Rusty Wallace, the leader, was in. He got four brand-new tires. Dale Earnhardt was in for tires. Charlie Marlin came down the pit lane. He got four tires. I can see no damage on his car that should affect the running capabilities of the Maxwell House Ford. Mark Martin came in. He got four tires. Harry Gant was in for four tires. Bill Sedgwick in for four tires. Derek Cope in for four. And Daryl Waltrip in for four tires. A little bit different strategy for Alan Kowicki this time. 
Kawicki would only get two tires this time. On the last pit stop on lap 185, they had a problem with the left rear, and that got Kawicki way back in the pack, so the crew choosing to only get two tires and get track position this time, and it should put them out in the lead. Ernie Irvin's crew clearing space out behind the pit wall, waiting for them to bring the Kodak Chevrolet in. Ricky Rudd's car in the pits now. He did not stop under the last caution. He'll get four tires. Davey Allison got four tires on the last lap around. They continue to work on Ernie Irvin's car as it is up against the outside retaining wall down in turns one and two. For an update, let's go over to Joe Moore. Ernie's still sitting in the car, but he's signaling to some of the uh, safety personnel. Seems to be in pretty good shape. They had a little bit of trouble getting the hood up because it was kind of crammed down over the front end of the car. They were trying to get the wrecker there to get the chains hooked to the frame bars in order to pull it away. Now they've got the hood up, and they're backing up the truck to try to pull him away. So we continue under caution here at lap 204. That last lap was led by Ted Musgrave. He electing to stay out on the racetrack and pick up those five bonus points. We were mentioning Alan Kowicki there seconds ago. Remember last week at Rockingham, Barney, the pit stops were the bugaboo for that racing team. They had a couple of problems there. Uh, and I was asking Alan, we were talking on uh, Thursday of this week, I said, hey, was it pressure of the Winston Cup race? Was it just uh, stuff that was breaking? What happened in those pit stops last week? I don't know that it was pressure, really. It was a variety of things. We ran 360-some laps without a call. Caution. Tore first gear out of the transmission. You know, the car was a little bit off. The pit stops were a little bit off. It was a little bit of everything. And it was, you know, you add all those things up. And over a long period of time, like 360 laps, you find yourself a little behind. Um, you know, the complexion of the whole race changed for us when we pitted and the caution came out two laps later. That really hurt us. But, you know, we knew we were taking that gamble with the pit strategy that we had. And under the circumstances, I don't think it was really wrong. Just sometimes the cards are not going to fall your way. And, you know, we didn't have a terrible weekend, but we just didn't have a very good one. Well, here today, as you just heard, uh, the report from Alan Bestwick and Jim Phillips able to atone for the uh, problems of earlier, the change in strategy now. Alan Kowicki running strongly in second spot. Quick reminder, folks, as we continue under caution here, that you still have another week or so to enter the Daytona 500 Dream Vacation Contest, sponsored each and every year by Goodies Manufacturing. The grand prize, as I'm sure you know by now, is the two tickets to the 1993 Daytona 500 by STP, two tickets to the 1993 goodies 300 at Daytona an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area Accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach, one of the Ocean's Eleven resorts. We'll even give you $1,500 to spend during your stay at Speed Weeks 1993. Again, the drawing will be held one week from this coming Tuesday. One week from this coming Tuesday, so you still have time to enter. If you'd like to enter, just send the front panel from any size package of goodies, headache powders, or tablets, or just write the word goodies in plain block letters in a 3x5 card. Make sure you include your name address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN affiliate. The address is Goodies Race for the Money, P.O. Box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida. And the zip code is 32115. There's no purchase required. And cleanup efforts continue down in turns one and two. It's going to be uh, at least a few more laps before they get Ernie Irvin's car pulled away from the wall over there and then get this racetrack back in a green condition. Go ahead. Let's get a word with uh, Buddy Perry. We have talked to Buddy all day long. His car's been out front. Buddy, you've been out front, but the uh, Ford seems to be keeping you honest out there. Well, that's true. You know, uh, Davey's running a good race. We uh, we haven't really uh, showed everything we could have yet. You know, he's just running a consistent race. Uh, you know, the car's working good. We had a little push there at first. And, but, uh, you know, Rusty's talking on the phone right now. We got a little, uh, 
We uh, we got a little battery problem. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it won't go it won't go dead. You know, uh, but anyway, you know, the guy's doing great. You know, we have some good, very, very good pit stops in here, and uh, Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac is. Yeah, we we'll just hold on and hope uh, we don't have any problems. We need a win here right now. And I'd like to tell my mother uh, back home in uh, Randleman, North Carolina, hello. All right, that's Buddy Parrington. Before the race started, these guys were over the cars underneath the top, everything. They cranked the car up on Rusty Wallace's car this morning and found a deficient alternator. They did change that. Also, a fan belt was twisted. They changed that. That uh, would have been a big problem for Rusty Wallace before this race uh, got really underway. Going back to green flag racing here at Phoenix International Raceway in the Winston West Championship battle. Bill Sedgwick leads by two points on Bill Schmidt. This is the final race for the West Coast drivers. It's a two-point lead now for Bill Sedgwick over Bill Schmidt. Sedgwick also has a one-lap lead on Schmidt here in the uh, final stages of the latter stages of the Pyroyal 500. And the green flag goes back in the air and they take off for turn number one. Alan Kowicki is the leader. Rusty Wallace goes after him over in turn two. Wallace is busy trying to get by the lap car, Dale Jarrett. Jarrett has fallen into the slipstream right behind Alan Kowicki, and still Rusty battles alongside of Jarrett on the back straightaway. Side by side down the back straightaway, Dale Jarrett to the inside, Rusty Wallace to the outside, and Dale Jarrett gets the advantage into turn number three. Rusty Wallace forced to drop back in line in turn four. Again, remember, Dale Jarrett is two laps down to the race leader. Alan Kowicki does pick up those bonus points for leading here. Rusty Wallace is in second. Kyle Petty trying to bypass him and get a shot at the leader. They're back in one. Rusty took him almost down to the inside wall. Kyle tried to go underneath him and Rusty went under well, underneath as well. Now they straighten it out single file as they head down the back straightaway. Rusty Wallace about 10 car lengths in arrear is down the back straightaway as Alan Kowicki works into turn number three. Dale Jarrett goes to work on him. The lapped car right behind Alan Kowicki in turn four. Tell you what, Dale Jarrett has had one of the best cars here all day long. If they hadn't gotten a couple of laps down and had to play catch up all day, he'd be right up there in the thick of things challenging. Davey Allison moves up a notch. Rusty Wallace has been passed by several cars. Joe Moore the last couple of laps around. There's a problem for Rusty. He dropped to the inside. Kyle and Dale Earnhardt went by, and then Davey Allison and Mark Martin both went wide. Here is Rusty slowing down even more on the back straightaway. Rusty Wallace continues to slow down. Four or five more cars scuffle on by him. Now he drops in line, heading into turn number three. But Rusty Wallace losing about five positions down the back straightaway. I don't know if Rusty necessarily slowed down that noticeably. Well, no, here he does again. It looked for a moment as we just couldn't get back in line. Here he comes. Jim Phillips is in the pit area. Well, they have two batteries out, Eli. Set to go. One of them set to go in the car. Two diehards. That uh, Buddy Perry talked about that problem could crop up on Rusty Wallace's car. And evidently, that is the problem right now as they talk over the situation. With, let's talk to David Evans. David, do you have a battery problem? Yeah, the alternator quit charging early, and now the battery's going dead, so we might have to come in and change the battery. So that's the story on Rusty Wallace, who has dominated most of this race. Eli, we've caught up with Ernie Irvin, who just fell out of the race. The car's been brought behind the wall into the garage area. Ernie had a good run going. What happened? Well, uh, me and Sterling got together going into one there. And, um, you know, I, I slid and hit the fence, tore the car up pretty bad. But, you know, the Kodak Film Chevrolet was running good. And thought we had a good shot at the top five, but we'll know it now. Heavy damage to the rear of the car. Are you going to try to get it back in for points? Well, I'm sure they'll look at it and see what they can do. And if there's any way possible, them guys will do it. That's Ernie Irvin. The crew is working on the car as he's only 38 points ahead of ninth running. Darrell Waltrip in the chase for the Winston Cup points. 
Boy, a tough, tough break right there. And, of course, for DW, an opportunity to try and make up some groove here this weekend. They've got their new engine program going. Lula Rosa building the engines for Darwall Racing now out of their own shops. And they're using their own engines here this week and in two weeks' time at the Atlanta Motor Speedway as Kowicki continues to lead here at Phoenix. Jim Phillips, where do they, for the folks who don't know, where is the battery compartment in a Winston Cup car? And how difficult the change is that going to be here comparing it to one's passenger car at home? Well, they have a new coupling system that's just a plug-in and out deal on these batteries, but the battery's located right in front of the left rear tire. A little square compartment, they just slide it in, put a piece of sheet metal over it, lock it down, but they have a new uh, plug-in system that they can change a battery pretty quick, but this is only a mile racetrack. You run 26-second laps, and Rusty Wallace is on the, in on the pit lane. They go to the right side, they go inside the check ignition first. They're changing ignition systems on the Rusty Wallace car. They're putting in gasoline. Billy Woodruff working in on that right side. A costly, costly mistake for the Rusty Wallace machine. Rusty Wallace will have to get that battery change, get back on the speedway. Been a good race going on from third position on back. Dale Earnhardt locked up in that one pretty good there, along with Davey Allison and Sterling Marlin's car as they all four come out of the corner with Mark Martin leading that pack of traffic here to the start-finish line. Meanwhile, Alan Kowicki's got everything going his way. Bill Elliott comes back onto the racetrack to put another lap on the speedway. They're spending, as we said, anywhere from five to ten laps on pit road. Then at a given time, they'll come back out and make another lap, hoping to pick up an extra point or two wherever they can. They're being shown 36 laps down right now for Bill Elliott. It looks like 34th position is where he will be at this juncture of the race. 217 are on the scoreboard as we go into the final 100 laps here at Phoenix this afternoon in the final all five. Here's the leader back in turn one. Alan Gowicki with a couple of the lap cars. Pretty fierce battle going on among those two. Kyle Petty and Dale Jarrett exchanging sheet metal several times here. It's about 10 car lengths back to now the second place machine of Mark Martin. And Mark Martin about 10 car lengths out in front of Dale Earnhardt down the back straightaway. Working on Earnhardt there for the third position is Davey Allison. Right behind Davey Allison, Sterling Marlin in fifth. Rusty Wallace now returning. He'll be some three laps down. He has dropped back to 22nd position at this stage of the day. And how about a tip of the hat to Rick Mast? We've not talked much about the Skull Classic Oldsmobile all day today, but he's running now in sixth position, having his best run of the year. He finished ninth at Martinsville a few weeks ago. Rick Mast currently in sixth. A good run for that team as Rusty Wallace is heading to the pit lane again. And Bill Schmidt may be giving up the ghost in the win. West Point Championship as he goes behind the wall alongside Ricky Rudd's car who has overheating problems. He is also behind the wall. A lot of things happening here at Phoenix. Happening in a hurry. Let's go down behind pit wall, find out what's going on in Ricky Rudd's car. Ricky is sitting in his car right now. The crew is working under the hood. Ricky, what's what's wrong with the car? Well, uh, Alan, it, something came through the grill and, and knocked a hole in the radiator and uh, they tried to patch it with some stop leak. That wouldn't hold it. Biggest problem we had is early in the race car, we ran real well. We were on a set of scuff tires. And then uh, they put on stickers, and we tore up a couple of right fronts. We couldn't get going after that. And uh, just sort of a long day for us. So Ricky Rudd's crew right now changing the radiator on the Tide Chevrolet. Bill Schmidt's problem is probably overheating as well. Remember that early in the race, he got involved in that tangle on the front straightaway that knocked the grill and the hood all down, and Winston Kelly is down standing next to Bill Schmidt right now. Bill is still sitting in his car. Bill, what's the problem? Well, I guess after that wreck that we had first 100 laps, there was, I don't know how that all took place. I hit some oil and spun out and got Bill, but it hasn't been right, and then I guess we... 
kind of messed up the engine here a little bit. It isn't running too good. That's Bill Schmidt. Looks like he's out of it this afternoon as well. And right now there is more than a battery problem for Rusty Wallace. Let's see if we can get a quick report. Well, his car went, he pulled out of the pit area, went down to the end of the pit lane, and it stalled again. Dale Earnhardt's Goodrich team started pushing him down the pit lane. They have got the car, car fired. It is headed back down to his pit lane, and his crew is now running back to their pit area. They had gone up to the other end of the pit road to help him. Now he's back in his pit area, and they'll continue to work on Rusty Wallace's car as he goes behind the wall. Yeah, they're taking Rusty's car behind the wall. Boy, it's going to be a bad day after having one of the best cars here and a good chance to win it. One other thing here, Barney, we're only 226 laps in of 312, even at the pace he is running for Bill Elliott now. Even as though he's being lapped every three or four or five laps, he could end up picking up more and more positions, even at the pace he's running. Because of late, we've had Irvin, Rudd, Schmidt, now Rusty Wallace go behind the wall. If they can't come back, Elliott's got time to pick up three, four, five more positions. Yeah, the more cars that fall out, the better it's going to be for Bill Elliott. Alan Kowicki continuing to lead the Pyroyal 500 here at Phoenix International Raceway. He's got Mark Martin running in the second spot, about a car length and a half behind him. Then it's about two seconds back to third place Dale Earnhardt, fourth place Sterling Marlin, fifth and sixth Davey Allison and Jimmy Spencer. They're side by side, those four cars in turn one. First it's Marlin trying to make the move on Earnhardt and Jimmy Spencer trying to make the move on Davey Allison two by two. Two off the back straightaway. Earnhardt goes to the outside. Marlin slows. Here's Davey to the inside, and Spencer makes the move. Davey Allison gets by the Sterling Marlin car. Now Jimmy Spencer to the inside of Marlin on the entrance of turn number three. Sterling Marlin losing two positions and now set to go back one more position off turn four. And Sterling Marlin's car really kicked out coming off turn number two. It lost him a couple of spots. Earnhardt moves on up. So does Davey Allison. And right now Sterling's got his hands full again back in turn one. Jimmy Spencer trying to get underneath the, the Sterling Marlin car as they come into the corner. Marlin's car again kicks up. Spencer tried to get underneath him, but this time had to settle, falling back in line behind him. That battle settles down, down the back straight as straightaway as Dale Earnhardt opens it up to about two car lengths. Some lapped cars ahead as Earnhardt tucks in line, heading into turn number three. Ricky Rudd has just returned, 23 laps down. They're posting him in 31st position after his stay behind the wall with that radiator and overheating problem he was telling us about a short while ago. Lap 232, the leaders are in turn two. Alan Kowicki pulling up on some slower traffic. He'll go to the outside. Kyle Petty trying to get a lap back as Colt Kowicki threatens to get by him. And Mark Martin, the second-place car, is there as well. That'll tighten up the lead battle as everybody shuffles around the outside of Ron Hornaday Jr. And now Kyle Petty looks to the inside of Alan Kowicki trying to get a lap back off turn. Four. He's stuck a fender in there about four or five laps in a row. Hasn't been able to do anything with him. And again, Alan Kowicki will just shut the door. Boy, he has had one heck of a run here this afternoon. There's a lot at stake for Alan Kowicki. He, a few weeks ago, looked like he was out of the chase for the Winston Cup Championship very much back in the thick of things right now. Let's see if we can get a report from his pit. Alan's had to play a little pit strategy here today. I'm with Paul Andrews, his crew chief. Paul, you had to play a little pit strategy to get back up in the front of the pack. Well, it's about our only choice, you know, if we want to get back up in front. Everyone's so close in these pit stops. It's real competitive, so we need a little edge. We just change right sides. Right now, everything's holding out pretty good. You know, when you do the left side, do right side only, the left side's got to give up quicker. So it'll last for a while, though, to another caution. You made that last pit stop with 109 laps to go in the race. You can't go that distance with fuel. If the race goes green the rest of the way, will those left side tires make that distance? Well, we had to pit again. We'll probably put on some more tires. We'll see. That's Paul Andrews, Alan Kowicki's crew chief. Kowicki last changed those left side tires on lap 185. So if we go green to the end of the race, the question becomes how well will they hold up if he just stops for a gas and go? 
Interesting question. Of course, the car works well here at Phoenix. As we told you earlier, Kowicki is the only man in the NASCAR Winston Cup Series to complete every single lap of all of the races here thus far. Have you just hit on a good combination, Alan, or what? You know, the combination seems to be different every year. I've run a couple of different kind of cars here and bias ply tires and radial tires and now we've got camber rear ends and bigger spoilers that's a lot different from last year so every year the combination seems to be different i hope i hit it right again this year but you know i've seen the adjusted well to the track and it's not really like any other track that we run but maybe in some respects just a little bit similar to milwaukee milwaukee of course the miracle mile up there on the state fairgrounds alan kulwicki's home track Rusty Wallace has gone back onto the speedway, showing 16 laps down. He will now be in 29th position. This is going to be a heartbreaking day for the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac team with Rusty Wallace, the way their car had been working a little bit earlier here this afternoon. Later on in today's broadcast, Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, will be selecting the Mechanic of the Race Award. The top NASCAR mechanic receives $1,000 from Western Auto. Current point standings after the AC Delco up at Rockingham last week. Tony Glover leads. Steve Meal is second. Donnie Richardson is third. Tim Brewer is fourth. And Paul Andrews is fifth in that for the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race. 17 cars remain on the lead lap here at Phoenix International Raceway as we welcome you back to MRN Radio live coverage of the Pyroyal 500. Mark Martin and Alan Kowicki first and second. Davey Allison third. Sterling Marlin is fourth. Fifth now is Jimmy Spencer. Running in the sixth spot is Dale Earnhardt. Kenny Schrader a good run in seventh. Darrell Waltrip in eighth. Ninth is Harry Gant. Tenth Rick Mast. Eleventh is Michael Waltrip. Good run for Wally Dallenbach. He's in twelfth spot. Thirteenth is Derek Cope. 14th, Bobby Hamilton still on the lead lap. 15th is Brett Bodine. Lake Speed is 16th and 17th, Ted Musgrave. All of those cars are on the lead lap. The first cars one lap down will be the 18th place running, Terry Labonte. 19th is Hutt Strickland. Richard Petty is 20th. Couple of laps down in 21st, Kyle Petty. 22nd, Dale Jarrett. 23rd, they will post Jimmy Spencer. Then three laps down in 24th spot, they will have John Krebs. Further back behind Krebs in 25th position, Ron Hornaday Jr. 26th spot, they will post Jeff Davis. 27th now will be Bill Sedgwick. Ahead of 28th place running Ron Esau, who is filled in for Butch Gilliland. 29th now is Rusty Wallace. Ricky Rudd is running in 30th. 31st place, even though he's already out of the race because of the number of laps he has completed, is Bill Schmidt. 32nd is Bill Elliott. He has completed 205 of 245 laps thus far. The other cars are already out of the event uh, from 33rd spot on back. As we said a moment ago, it has indeed been a strange day here in the Pyro 500 at Phoenix International Raceway for a lot of teams. It looked like in the beginning that Rusty Wallace might just slap the field the way that car had qualified. He beat the field by a mile an hour, and he felt like he had it all hooked up. Then they have a battery go bad in the car, lose a lot of laps in the pits, had to come back in a couple of times, had to stall the car one time, back it up again, search some more laps, and now any chance he had to win has certainly gone out the window. The attrition rate has taken out some pretty good cars. Ricky Rudd spent a lot of time behind the wall, eliminating his chances, although he has gone back onto the racetrack. Ernie Irvin in a fender-defender battle. With Sterling Martin a little bit later, the two got together. Irvin ended up in the wall and ended his chances to win here today. He has gone to the garage. Jeff Purvis is out. Dave Marcus lost an engine. Stanley Smith went behind the wall. Jeff Purvis 
Scott Gaylord, Morgan Shepard had motor trouble. He's gone behind the wall. Dick Crickle out of it also. Jeff Bonine lost an engine, and they had a good shot to win here today. Rick Scribner is out, and Rick Corelli. So the attrition rate has eat up a lot of cars, and as we said, the more cars that go out of this race, the more chances Bill Elliott has to pick up. Even if it's only two points, it might make a difference next year uh, in two weeks at Atlanta. As far as the bonus points today for drivers who have led at least one lap, Rusty Wallace has, obviously, so too Alan Kulwicki. Sterling Marlin has led. Mark Martin is the current leader. Harry Gant led for a handful of laps, and Ted Musgrave led one lap under uh, a caution. Average speed of 102.054. We have had six caution periods for 30 laps thus far. 31 cars are still in the race from the starting field of 42. So that brings you up to date there. One other statistical item, the True Value Hard Charger Award, even though he is now way behind Rusty Wallace had posted enough laps in the top five earlier in the day that he now still leads the True Value Hard Charger competition over Alan Kulwicki at lap 250. We have 62 miles of racing remaining. And boy, are the headline writers ever going to have a dandy after this one is over with the change in the Winston Cup point chase with just one race to go at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yeah, well, it looked like it might be five cars going into Atlanta with a shot to win the Winston Cup championship and a little bit of everything has happened to just strange circumstances. Bill Elliott's chances here this afternoon, apparently burning a piston, you heard Junior Johnson say a little bit earlier, has really put them way back. If they come back to win the championship now, it would be the comeback of the year, although it's not going to be impossible, I don't think, going into Atlanta. Jim Phillips, that final 60 miles or so, what are we looking at on pit stops here? I'm sure most of the teams will stay out there, maybe hope for a caution, but there will be a certain limit as to how far they can go before they have to make those final stops. Most of the guys I talked to before the race said they could go between 85 and 90 laps on fuel. Uh, the, t- uh, the tires going that far was a concern, but it looked like the way things have worked today with Kawicki only changing two tires a lot of times, uh, it looks like the tires could go that distance if they need to go that distance and still run good. We're in the Mark Martin pit. They've been progressing all day long. You started eighth. Now you've got the lead, and you're stretching it out there, Steve Meal. Well, the two car was real good, and they had trouble. The four was good. He got a little wrecked. Eleven was going to be there. Right now we're just on a real good set of tires. The concern is whether we change four or two. It won't be but about 35 to go, so we'll probably just get two. So there's Steve Meal, the crew chief for Mark Martin, and the strategy, Barney, as we talked about. Comes down about 30 laps to go. They'll probably just change two. Well, we've seen that a couple of times this afternoon, and it has not hurt the cars that only changed two tires that much. They've still been able to stay up there and run with a lead pack. Mark Martin continuing to lead comfortably here in the Pyroyal 500, but the battle for second spot between Davey Allison and Alan Kowicki is a battle not only for that position, but those two men swapping around the Winston Cup point lead at this very second. Just five points separating the two, depending upon where they're running on the racetrack. So each time one passes the next, Barney, the scenario for the final race in Atlanta changes as well. Yeah, whoever ends up ahead of each other apparently here, assuming the situation remains the same, will be leading going into Atlanta in a couple of weeks. Right now, it would be Davey Allison and Alan Kowicki would be second. 259 laps go up on the scoreboard. Mark Martin's lead, four and a half seconds. Boy, he is getting around this racetrack. In the last 25 laps, that car, I'm, I haven't really been having a watch on him, but I'm going to bet you he picked up two-tenths of a second from what he's been turning all day because he's running as quick as Rusty Wallace did earlier today. He's heading off to turn number one. Mark's got almost the length of the full straightaway ahead of the second-place car now, Davey Allison. And now that Davey got by Alan Kowicki about two laps ago, Davey's starting to pull away from the Hooters Ford. They hit the back straightaway, and Kowicki may be feeling a challenge from Sterling Marlin shortly. Battle is going to be for third down the back straightaway. Sterling Marlin has caught him. 
on the way down into turn number three. Alan Kowicki forced up high in the banking. Also Sterling Marlin as well. But now Marlin only about one car length behind off turn four. The fifth place runner for the moment is not a factor. That's Jimmy Spencer. He's a factor in that he's taken the Ray Bestus machine to another superb run. He had a fourth place finish a few weeks ago. Now running fifth here for Bobby Allison Motorsports. But he is not in an immediate position to try and challenge either Davey Allison, Alan Kowicki, or Sterling Marlin for a position. The battle now, Kowicki and Marlin heading up to turn three. Alan Kowicki by one car length heading into turn number three. Sterling Marlin tucks in line way down to the bottom of the racetrack. Kowicki slides up the banking. Marlin gets a fender underneath in turn four. And it looks like Sterling Marlin's car is another one of those that the longer it runs, the stronger it gets. He thought about diving under Alan Kowicki out of turn number four. Kowicki saw him coming, used up all the racetrack. It's going to make him work hard for any ground he gains over in turn two. This time Kowicki holds the inside lane and Marlin tried to go to the outside, but again the car breaks loose coming off turn two. He loses a couple more car lengths to Kowicki. That's going to get Alan Kowicki about four car lengths down the back straightaway. Sterling Marlin chops that down to three as they enter turn number three. Alan Kowicki maintains that distance off turn four. You know, it's impossible to play what-ifs in this business, Barney, but what if last week Mark Martin didn't hit the wall coming out of turn number four? Had that great run going, he would have been right in the thick of the Winston Cup point chase. If he backed that up without hitting the wall with a potential win here at Phoenix, this has got to be hurting him insofar as they could have been right in the mix of things. And, heck, you know, things happen. It's too bad. It was an unfortunate situation. But this uh, really shows that he could have been very much in the mix of this going into the final race of the year as well. The last two seasons, last year and this year, as far as the chase for the Winston Cup has been bizarre, I guess would be the best word to use. Remember last year it seemed like nobody wanted to win it. Dale Earnhardt had problems. Ricky Rudd had problems. All the guys that were up there, just from on a week-to-week basis, you thought somebody might suddenly become very dominant and clinch the thing or at least be way out front. Bill Elliott could have done it. Davey Allison could have done it this year. Alan Kowicki with a little brakes could have certainly been out there. So it's been a strange championship deal. Usually it'll come down to one or two cars, and by the time you head to Atlanta for the last race, it's pretty cut and dried. But this year... I've never seen it like this the last two seasons. Oh, it's going to be a wild weekend there at Atlanta, of course, with the final event as a driver for Richard Petty and all the hoopla that goes with that. It should be uh, something special. We'll, of course, have it for you right here on MRN, as is uh, our norm from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. By the way, speaking of Atlanta and the state of Georgia, we want to congratulate Richard Rowland of Hartwell, Georgia. He was watching today's Pyroyal 500 on TNN. But he had the sound turned down, and he was listening to our MRN broadcast, and when he was called back, he knew that Rusty Wallace was the leader at halfway in today's Pie Royal 500. So Richard Rowland from Hartwell, Georgia, is the winner of the Gillette Halfway Challenge. He will be driving a brand-new Chevrolet Lumina. And again, folks, if you'd like to enter the final contest of the year for the Hooters 500 in Atlanta, the address to write to is the Gillette Halfway Challenge Sweepstakes, P.O. Box 2246, St. Petersburg, Florida. 33731. We must have your entry by Saturday, November the 14th. And as usual, it is still void in Louisiana and Minnesota. 267 laps go on the board as we're getting down to the close of the Pyroyal 500 here this afternoon at Phoenix International Raceway. There will be one more round of pit stops. And again, Alan, best week up in your area. We're seeing not much activity out of those pit crews right now as they're apparently going to stay out there as long as they can. I am standing between the Davey Allison and Alan Kowicki pit stalls. They're pitted side by side. And right now, each team busily clocking their car. Again, repeating the fact that Kowicki is at a somewhat of a disadvantage if this race goes green to the finish. On his last pit stop on lap 203, he only took on right side tires. 
The previous pit stop on lap 185, they had a problem on the car, on the pit stop on the left rear tire. They got way behind. So on the last pit stop on lap 203, they only took right side tires. His left side tires have about 20 more laps on them than the other cars on the racetrack. So that's why he's sliding back from Davey Allison somewhat. Now, Larry McReynolds just gathered the entire Texaco crew around. Almost looked like a football huddle. McReynolds was giving instructions kind of like a quarterback calling the play in the huddle. So apparently they've set their strategy for how they're going to run Davey Allison to the finish of this race. It's going to be interesting to see what unfolds in these final laps here. We are within about eight or nine laps of scheduled pit stops for all of these teams as we wind to the conclusion of the Pyroyal 500. If you're wondering about Bill Elliott, you're just tuning into our broadcast, wondering why we're not talking about him. Bill has had repeated engine problems since early in the day. He is now in 31st position, 41 laps down. And now that Ricky Rudd has returned to the race, it would be very questionable that Elliott would be able to chase him down and uh, the lap differential and the speed differential. So it looks as though Bill will finish the day in 31st position. And uh, that's been a tough, tough blow to that hope for the championship for the Budweiser team. Now here come some pit stops. The Petties are in. Richard and Kyle. Now here comes Brett Bodine. His brother Jeff is already out of the event with an engine failure earlier. Let's cover the stops, Jim Phillips. Kyle Petty is in. The Robin Pemberton and Jim Sutton go to the right side. This team uh, would have been in contention today for uh, maybe a top five finish, but they had that right front tire go down. But they're the first team to come in in the pits. We expected the teams in about 30 laps. Only two tires for Kyle Petty. This could set the trend. We'll wait and see. Brett Bodine is in in front of Alan Bestwick. And Brett Bodine is already down and away and headed back onto the racetrack. So the Quaker State team with a quick stop and they'll get Brett back onto the race. And the rest of the teams probably will stretch it a little bit longer before we see them in the pits here in the next oh, seven or eight laps. We're looking at 277 on the scoreboard. Darrell Waltrip's had a pretty good run here today. In the early going, the car was off, kicking way up high, pushing, having a lot of trouble up in the corners. But once they made a few adjustments on it, Darrell has been right up in the top ten all afternoon. And I asked him yesterday, are you about glad the season is over? Yeah, I really am. Uh, you know, one big thing that we're going to be doing this weekend, we're going to be running our own engines. Uh, we've run the Hendrick engines for two years, did a fantastic job. Uh, no ill will whatsoever there. It's just that it's time for us to move on. We got our stuff ready, and Lou and the boys have got us a couple of good motors going to run it here and uh, also at Atlanta to give us some input as to what we're going to need for next year. And I, I know last year at this time I was real optimistic about coming into this season. And I'm even more optimistic about 93. I know with our own engines and the way our program's going, we I just cannot help but believe that we won't be a championship contender next year. You've talked to him in recent weeks, and I have too, and a couple of times he said, oh, Lord, man, would I like to be in the hunt for the championship this year, the way things have been going. I'm sure he would. It really hurts him not to be in there, having been in the championship battles in years gone by. Dale Jarrett is in for service. Ron Esau is in. Here comes Dale Earnhardt for his scheduled pit stop, running in sixth position. Boy, Earnhardt needs a win. He would like to get into position to be on the winner's circle program for 1993. He'd like to move up and would have to move up into the top ten in points to be there. This has been a big, big weekend, and so too will the one in Atlanta be for him, Jim. It surely will. He needs a win in the top ten in the point standings. He roars into his pit stop. Will Lynn and the Goodrich team go to work on the right side. Kurt Schilberty, they're just looking at the left side tires. It's going to be two tires 
and gasoline for Dale Earnhardt and the Goodrich Chevrolet. I think that may set the trend for everybody. We'll be two tires and just a splash of fuel to get them back on the racetrack to finish the remaining laps. 280 are on the scoreboard. Again, 312 will make up the distance in the Pie Royal 500. No indication yet of the leaders getting ready to come onto pit road. Mark Martin stays right out there, still setting those blistering laps. Davey Allison having a good, solid run here this afternoon. Can't be anything but smiles on the faces of Davey Allison and all that team here today, the way they've performed. Alan Kowicki, same scenario for him, the way he has worked all day long. Had a good shot to win it, still does. And this race could be easily decided on pit road. You hear us say that a lot of times. Races are won and lost in the pits. But if you slip here at the final stages of this thing, you're certainly going to drop out of contention in a hurry. More cars coming into the pit. Here's Bill Sedgwick. Also, Sterling Marlin is on pit road along with Lake Speed. We'll cover Sterling Marlin's stop as he has pitted all the way down toward turn number one. He's had a pretty good run, currently being shown as the fourth-place car. Let's cover his stop. Sterling Marlin brings his car in, a good smooth stop. They go around to the right side. It's another uh, stop for two tires and gasoline as they put in uh, most of the time one can of gasoline. Sterling Marlin gets the heave-ho, and he's down and away. Right side tires for Sterling Marlin, and here comes Mark Martin. And the plan is going to be for two tires and one can of gasoline. The car comes to a stop. Chris Hussey and Steve Meal go around to the right side, changing the tires. No, and a chassis adjustment. One round of wedge out of the right side by Troy Martin. The car is down. 11.0 seconds for the stop for Mark Martin. Other cars are in a little further up pit road. Winston Kelly. Three cars on the lead lap coming in for service. Wally Dolan back is off and away in 12.75 seconds. Rick Fast and Michael Waltrip both get two tires in gasoline. Richard Petty got two tires in gasoline. And there's caution Double. on the speedway. Jeff well, Davis is spinning, coming out of turn number four. Jeff Davis has spun the former Indy Light and IMSA Camel Light campaigner, making his first Winston Cup start today. Spins to bring out the caution. Davey Allison has taken the lead when Mark Martin pitted, and that means for the first time today, Davey Allison will lead and pick up the five bonus points that go with that lead. And here comes caution right in the midst of green flags stops. Pit road, all the front runners are in. Jim Phillips? Well, it's happened a lot this year, Barney, when the caution flag comes out and catches these teams in the pitch. Mark Martin had a great pit stop. He had a big lead. It all went out the window. They come back in this time. They're going to change the left side tires. They change right side tires. Darrell Waltrip is in for tires. The pit board is out for Harry Gant. He gets uh, the call to come in and get tires. Derek Cope is in for tires on this end of the pit lane. Alan Bestwick. Davey Allison and Alan Kowicki came in nose to tail. Both took on four tires, a chassis adjustment on the right rear part of the car. Kowicki's team had another problem. They had a problem on the left front. Allison beat him out of the pits. And the teams that are really going to hurt on this were the teams that had already pitted, and that would have been Dale Earnhardt. I think Sterling Marlin pitted just before that caution came out. Certainly Mark Martin did, as we touched on, and Harry Gantt, some of the teams, that this is really going to hurt. Here at Phoenix International Raceway, we continue to work this seventh caution flag of the day. The field now will get the one-to-go signal. Here comes Bill Elliott down pit road to the attention of Tim Brewer and the crew. Again, Elliott is running in 31st position, apparently destined to finish there here this afternoon. Davey Allison is the leader. Jimmy Spencer second. Darrell Waltrip third. They will post Mark 
Mark Martin, Alan Kowicki, Kenny Schrader, Derek Cope, and Bobby Hamilton as the other cars on the lead lap. Running one lap down in ninth is Sterling Marlin, 10th is Dale Earnhardt, 11th Musgrave, 12th is Brett Bodine, Harry Gant is 13th, Labonte is 14th, 15th now. They will show Hut Strickland. Posted in 16th, Michael Waltrip, 17th, Wally Dolan back in 18th is Rick Mast, 19th is Lake Speed. Three laps down in 20th spot, Jimmy Hensley. 21st is Kyle Petty. 22nd, they'll show Wally Dolan back. Excuse me, 22nd, they'll show Dale Jarrett. 23rd will be Richard Petty. 24th spot, they'll have John Krebs. Ahead of 25th, Ron Hornaday. 26th was the man who just spun out, Jeff Davis. 27th position, Bill Sedgwick, who will clinch the Winston West title here today. 28th, Rusty Wallace. 29th, now Ron Esau. And 30th, Ricky Rudd, as we get set to go back to Green. Lap 288 of 312. Here they come down to the line. Davey Allison getting a break on this caution flag coming out. Jimmy Spencer got a big break on it also, and Spencer will go after the leader to try and take it away in turn one. Spencer already tested the water, trying to get the inside line on Davey Allison, but Allison sprints away, leads by a car length on the back straightaway. Darrell Waltrip in third. He's three car lengths back. Shuffling down the back chute, heading towards turn number three. The top two cars opening it up by about ten car lengths, but here comes Darrell Waltrip. He'll cut it down to about five car lengths advantage for the top two in turn four. Meanwhile, those further back are trying to work their way hard through the corner. Mark Martin, who got caught during that caution flag stop moments ago, he'll come struggling back as they throw the black flag out for Rusty Wallace, jumping the restart there. He'll come in for a stop and go penalty. Mark Martin had a close call up in turn four as he tried to get by the Lake Speed car. Looked like they almost made contact, but now Martin's got it straightened out. He's closing in on Darrell Waltrip. Two Fords lead the way into turn number three. Right now, Jimmy Spencer cutting down the distance by about a car length in turn number four. Davy Allison and Jimmy Spencer hoping to get away from the rest of the field, make it a two-car shootout here. Darrell Waltrip hangs in there in third, fourth as they work back into turn number one. That's going to be Mark Martin. Single file. They're over to turn two. Battle now for the fifth spot. Earnhardt goes underneath Alan Kowicki. Those two cars go side by side. Meanwhile, the battle for third rages on the back straightaway. Off turn number two and down the back straightaway to the inside is Mark Martin. Daryl Waltrip is on the outside. Ford and Chevrolet battle it out for third, and the Ford gets it at turn number three. Mark Martin takes the position away. Boy, Mark Martin's car is strong out there. He just blew right by Daryl Waltrip now with a lapse of 292. There's some 20 laps remaining as they're back into turn number one. Davey Allison leading. His dad's car, driven by Jimmy Spencer, is second. Davey's about three car lengths ahead of Spencer. Then it's some ten car lengths back to the third-place battle. And that's still a good one with Mark Martin and uh, Darrell Waltrip. Darrell Waltrip still working on Mark Martin down the back straightaway, but Mark Martin has the advantage into turn number three. Darrell Waltrip looks to the inside, but Martin holds on to the spot off four. And right behind those two ride Alan Kowicki. He's trying to make some ground to get himself back up there and at least finish a couple of more positions closer to the front. 293 laps go up on the scoreboard. They're still chasing Davey Allison over to turn two. Single file. Once again, we focus on the battle for third. Darrell Waltrip flies out, tries to look to the outside of Mark Martin. Can't make the move, so again, single file down to turn three. This time off the dogleg, heading down into turn number three. Mark Martin begins to gain up on Jimmy Spencer now. Spencer losing touch with Davey Allison, making it a great three-way battle for second. Here comes the cars out of turn number four from beneath that Goodyear bridge. At the stripe, Davey Allison. The difference back to second place, one and one-tenth seconds as they're back in turn one. And second place is where the heat is. Jimmy Spencer looks back and sees Mark Martin turning it up, trying to go to the outside, now looking down low. Here is Martin taking the inside lane. This is the battle for second. Two forwards side by side down the back straightaway. Jimmy Spencer loses the position. Mark Martin picks it up. Now Daryl Waltrip works on him for third in turn number three. Boy, Jimmy Spencer not about to give up the 
Ghost. He just dives underneath Mark Martin, muscles him a little bit out of the corner. Cars almost get together. Mark's not having any of that. Mark uses up some racetrack himself and puts him back in line. They're back in turn one. Mark out, house, uh, out horsepowers Jimmy Spencer to beat him to the end of the front straightaway, and he'll lead off turn number two. Spencer tries to get back in line, but here comes Darrell Waltrip. He'll take the outside lane. Alan Kowicki also going along with Darrell Waltrip, and Jimmy Spencer loses two positions coming off turn number two. Has to drop in line, but now battles back to the inside of Kowicki in turn four. Spencer had a fourth place finish in this same car at the Charlotte Motor Speedway a few weeks ago. He'll try and better that if he can here today, but the battle is now won for the moment by Darrell Waltrip. They're back in one. Spencer's forced to fall back in line in single file. As he looks back, he sees Dale Earnhardt closing on him as well. They all go single file, this time as they exit turn two. Meanwhile, Davey Allison down the back straightaway heading into turn number three, making about 12 car lengths for him. Mark Martin is second. Martin with about three car lengths on Darrell Waltrip as they enter turn number three. That's been a big break for Davey Allison. Not that Davey's car isn't working extremely well, but all the battling going on from Mark Martin on back, door to door and everything else has allowed Davey a lot of breathing room. There's no traffic around him save Rusty Wallace's car, which is not a factor as the laps wind down to 297 over in turn two. Almost two seconds back to the second place car. Mark Martin, and he has a five car length lead on third place, Darrell Waltrip. Battle shapes up again for third down the back straightaway as Alan Kowicki puts the Ford right behind Darrell Waltrip Chevrolet on the entrance of turn number three. But Waltrip's car works well down alone, shuts down the inside lane. Just 14 miles, 14 laps remaining here at Phoenix International Raceway. Mark Martin better than two seconds behind. Davey Allison with Darrell Waltrip, Alan Kowicki, and Jimmy Spencer rounding out the top five. Good race now for the fifth spot. Dale Earnhardt turns up the wick. He's trying to get by Jimmy Spencer. Almost got a run on him going off turn number two, but he's forced to fall back in line. Jimmy Spencer's Ford keeps out to about two car lengths over Dale Earnhardt Chevrolet as they head down the back straightaway. Now Ken Schrader coming into that fray as well. They'll tighten it up nose to tail in turn three. Should be about 13 laps to go when they come around this time. That battle continues back in the pack. Alan Kowicki still trying to move up. Jimmy Spencer trying to move up. Schrader working right now on Earnhardt back in turn one. Everybody holds their spot. Single file coming back into the corner. Sterling Marlin working some lap traffic trying to get by. He's dealing with Derek Cope directly ahead of him. That's the Earnhardt and Ken Schrader battle. That'll be a battle for the eighth position now down the back straightaway. Ken Schrader falls in line behind Dale Earnhardt at the entrance of turn number three. No change there but here comes Sterling Marlin looking at the inside of Ken Schrader off turn four. But they'll all hold their positions here at lap number 300, 12 miles to go. Davey Allison having just made the move around Rusty Wallace. Wallace was already a number of laps down. Davey finally getting around him with some more clear sailing ahead. Bill Elliott will finish in 31st position. He can neither move up nor drop back any spots. So Elliott will finish in 31st today. He is still out there. No, here comes the Budweiser Ford. Maybe he has just gotten the word that he can no longer improve nor change his position. He'll come down the pit lane with 10 miles to go as we check onto the pit road. No, that's not the case, Eli. They still want to keep him running. The last time they had him in the pits, a lot of oil on the engine. It ignited, caught on fire. They quickly got it out with a water hose. But now they have the water hose back out. They're going to try to get him back onto the racetrack and finish as many of these last 10 laps as we can. Right now they're showing 301, about to come up on 302 to give us 10 miles to go when the leader comes back this time. Here's Davey out of turn number four. Last time by two and three-tenths seconds back to Mark Martin. A little further back to Darrell Waltrip and Alan Kowicki. That's the closest battle going on off in turn one. That's a race for the third spot, and Kowicki's trying to get underneath Darrell Waltrip now in turn one. Waltrip's been taking the high line through turns one and two. Again, it opens the lane down on the inside, but he chops off Kowicki off turn two. Chevrolet and the Ford rumble down the back straight away, and this time Darrell Waltrip opens it up another car length heading into turn number 
number three, but Alan Kowicki battles back on the entrance of the turn and off to four. So with those cars working their own private battle, separated by about a car length, car length and a half, Davey Allison works around Stanley Smith in turn one with eight miles remaining. Single file now as Davey gets around to pick up the spot. He'll also look back and see Rusty Wallace quite a few laps back, trying to get around that lap traffic as well. Still the battle for third goes on. Waltrip now in front of Alan Kowicki as they head to turn three. Alan Kowicki's Ford only about one and a half car lengths away from Daryl Walter as they enter turn number three. Traffic is ahead. Ron Hornaday Jr.'s car is there as that third brace battle races off turn four. And as that goes on, Davey Allison sweeps across the line. And if Davey can just keep it between the walls and maintain the pace he has, he's going to be heading to victory lane. 304 laps are on the scoreboard. It is still Mark Martin riding second. Daryl Walter continues in that tight battle back there with Alan Kowicki. They were door-to-door just a moment ago. They're up in turn three. Coming down the back straightaway, heading into the third corner, getting around some traffic. Ron Hornaday settling that battle down, but now Darrell Waltrip slides up the banking. Here comes Kowicki to the inside. Alan Kowicki trying to make the move, but the Ford didn't quite get the jump against the Chevy coming out of the corner as Ted Musgrave, just a handful of laps from the finish, running in 18th spot, one lap down, takes his car to the garage. The Jasper engines machine couldn't quite hang in there in a tough break, coming up just five or six miles from the finish. The leaders are in turn three. Down the back straightaway, coming off the dog leg again. Darrell Waltrip keeping it out to about a car length and a half, but here comes Alan Kowicki once again. Kowicki's car working well to the bottom of the racetrack, trying to make the move off turn four. These two continue to work on each other as the laps are winding down in the Pyrol 500 here this afternoon. Davey Allison, meanwhile, his advantage now two and three-tenths seconds. He's back in turn two. Davey takes it down the back straight away. He's cleared all the lap traffic as we watch that third place battle still side by side. Still a good one going on for fifth as well. Sterling Marlin's having to deal with Jimmy Spencer on the back straightaway. Sterling Marlin out by about a half a car length. Meanwhile, that third place battle roars around the outside of the Stanley Smith car, and this time Kowicki is forced up high in the banking. He'll still stay behind Darrell Walter off turn four. Back out of the corner, they'll go around Stanley Smith with 3.07 on the board. Five laps remaining for these cars. If Davey Allison wins, and Kowicki remains where he is in fourth, and Elliott, we know, will finish 31st, Davey will have a 30-point Winston Cup lead over Alan Kowicki. Elliott will be 40 points behind Davey Allison. Harry Gant will be 100 points out, and Kyle Petty 101 behind. That's if nothing changes here in the final four miles. So it looks like there may be a three-car shootout with a possibility of a five-car shootout should Davey Allison, Allen Kowicki, and of course Bill Elliott all have trouble at Atlanta. There'd still be a couple of cars very much in the battle for the Winston Cup Championship. Right now, all Davey Allison is worrying about is keeping that car between the walls, not getting in any trouble. He's got plenty of running room as he works his way through three and four. It is a full straightaway before he'll catch any traffic as he puts 309 laps on the scoreboard with three to go. Davey Allison heads back to turn number one. Mark Martin about four seconds back now. Clean sailing for Allison coming back into turn one. Nothing directly ahead and looking back again several seconds back to the second place car of Mark Martin. Third place battle still rages on off the corner. Darrell Waltrip still fighting to hang on to that spot as Alan Kowicki tries to chase him down. And now Sterling Marlin joins that battle as well so those two Fords chase the Chevrolet down the back straightaway. Sterling Moreland tags on to the back bumper of Alan Kowicki and now tries to make a move to the inside but settles back in line as they exit four. Meanwhile, Davey Allison's lead is now three full seconds. Three seconds over second place Mark Martin. The battle further back, a good one still. Darrell Walton. Alan Kowicki. Jimmy Spencer, a strong fifth place run with two laps to go. Darrell Walter takes it wide, coming off turn number two, directly behind him. Now the battle shapes up with Kulwicki and Sterling Marlin. 
battle is for the fourth position now as they race into turn number three. Everybody having to go around the outside of the Bill Sedgwick car. That'll settle it down as they come off turn four. And Davey Allison has just taken the white flag. He heads back to turns one and two for the final time. Davey smoothly for the last time through turns one and two, gently getting up off turn number two, hits the back straightaway. Again, no flat traffic will come into play. Davey Allison shoots down the back straightaway, heading into turn number three. Allison's car working well to the bottom of the racetrack all day long and does again for the final time off turns three and four, back to the checkered flag. Here they come from turn number four. Davey Allison looking and seeing the checkered flag. Allison wins the Pyroyal 500, his fifth win of the year, 18th win of the career. Here comes second Martin, third Waltrip, fourth place by inches. It is Sterling Marlin just ahead of Alan Kulwicki by inches at the stripe and a wonderful battle there, middle of the field. But for Davey Allison, his fifth win of the year, second win at Phoenix, and a 30-point Winston Cup lead going into the finale in Atlanta. Let's go to Pit Road. Well, I'll tell you, what a celebration down here as that car came down the final straightaway. Larry McReynolds was standing with his fingers crossed, and when the car crossed the finish line, he looked up in the air and just said, thank you. And this crew now hugging each other and slapping backs, knowing that they came here and did what they had to do. You can hear the celebration all around me. Very happy group. We'll try and get a word with Larry here. Larry accepting congratulations from Ryan Pemberton. Boy, Larry, you came and did what you had to do. Congratulations. I tell you, man, I, I don't know what to say. We have struggled so much the last four weeks, but it looked like when things really got down, this group just grabbed one more notch in the, in the belt, and, and especially that guy driving that race car, these guys in the pits. Hopefully the guys back at the shop are listening, and uh, we got one to go, and we're looking forward to it. And Larry's been named the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race for getting this team going today. $1,000 from the folks at Western Auto. Congratulations again. Well, thank you uh, to Western Auto, but again, an inappropriate name. It's the team of the race. And Larry McReynolds will go to Atlanta with this Robert Yates Racing Team with the Winston Cup point lead. And we'll be going down to get the thoughts of some of the top finishers, plus the winner in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. We are back at the Phoenix International Raceway. Davey Allison will be making his way down to Victory Lane, and that should be one happy celebration down there in a few minutes. Mark Martin will come home unofficially second, finishing third. Darrell Waltrip fourth. Looks like now we'll go to Alan Kowicki, and rounding out the top five unofficially would be Jimmy Spencer. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. Walking along beside Mark Martin, who had probably the strongest car of the second half of the race. Mark, normally you'd be real tickled with a second-place run. That caution flag just put you behind there, but you couldn't quite catch Davey at the end. Well, we just lost a race, you know. Uh, the car ran good, and the, the, the guys did a great job on pit road, and we pulled out a six-and-a-half or seven-second lead or something on Davies so that we could make our pit stop comfortably, come back out on the racetrack and comfortably go on and, and, and win the race. And, and uh, you know, we had a car spin out, and we yeah, <laughs> those guys hadn't stopped yet, and, we, you know, we just lost the race. We, you know, we... We got restarted in a, a fourth spot, and, and uh, you know, I got, uh, got run into by a lap car and, and uh, lost back about three seconds, two and a half seconds. And Davey was strong then, and well, I couldn't do nothing with that. He was, he was out there too far. It didn't take any time for you to get up to second, but then it kind of stabilized. Did something happen to the car after you got into second? We were too far behind. That's Mark Martin. He had an awfully strong run this afternoon. He brings the Valvoline Ford home in second. Uh, Mark Martin did have a good run, and the breaks of the game kind of cost him here today, as he said just a moment ago. Let's check in with Alan Bestwick. Well, I'm standing outside. Bill Elliott's holler as the crew looks under the car and tries to 
dissect the problem. Bill naturally has uh, wanted a minute to gather his thoughts. He's crawled up into the back of the trailer to cool off and change his clothes, and we'll try and get a word with him in just a minute. Let's go to Victory Lane. Well, Davey Allison, sometimes this year the gas mileage has caught you a little bit behind, but today you stayed out there, you got a good break, and you did what you had to do today. You had to win the race. Well, you know, the Texaco Havilland Thunderbird was just awful strong all day. You know, Rusty was strong in the middle portion of the race, and we just sat there and followed him and just tried to stay out of trouble and drive a clean race. And, you know, we made a few adjustments. Larry and the guys, I just can't say enough for this race team. Robert Yates racing and all these guys have done a great job sticking behind us through the tough times and this race car right here was this was hard to to come by you know we we were we didn't know whether to bring this car or bring what we had out here last year and it proved fruitful to bring this one so you know they made some great calls and i gotta tell them they're the best i just want to say hi to liz i wish she was here and the kids were here to help celebrate this thing we'll be home tonight and we'll celebrate tomorrow why did you bring a u car instead of the one you dominated with last year well, this car is similar to what's been beating us the second half of the season, and we were running what we had run in the early portion of the season. You know, it, it was one of those things where we just didn't know what to do. We went and tested this car a week ago at Richmond, Virginia, and it, it really drove good. It responded to everything we did to it. And the folks up there at Richmond were, more, were real helpful to us to let us come in there. You know, with the way this car responded to those changes, that's why we brought it back or why we brought it here to, to Phoenix. And I'll tell you what, this is a good race car. We might be back in business again. When you saw that Bill Elliott had problems, did it change the way you approached the race at all? Well, I think I got a little less aggressive. You know, uh, in the early portion of the race, we were a little bit aggressive trying to get up through traffic to try to lead a lap. And when Bill had a problem, you know, I just told myself to, to just play it cool, stay out of trouble. And things had come around to us and i can't believe it today was our lucky day pit crew today some killer pit stops for you man they are these guys are tough like i said they're the best in the business all right as the celebration goes on in victory lane davy allison repeats as the winner of the pie royal 500 isn't it amazing what a week can do last week oh, davy and the whole team a little bit down in the mouth the way they'd run at rockingham they come here today he's on top of the world right now he really is and again pending the uh, final scoring rundown from nascar here in just a moment or so it looks as though davy's lead will be 30 points over Alan Colwicky, Bill Elliott will drop to third. He will be 40 points behind Allison. Harry Gant will be fifth in the points, 100 back. And Kyle Petty will be one point further behind, 101 points out in fifth spot. The numbers on today's race uh, was Rusty Wallace, who was the dominant lap leader of the day, 161 of the 312 laps. Average speed of 103.885 miles an hour does not an exist a new track record. It was, a matter of fact, a couple miles an hour slower than the old track record. Davy Allison led just 30 laps, but they were the right 30 laps. Picked up the bonus point and the eventual win in the Pie Royal 500 here at Phoenix. Not a good day at all for Bill Elliott. Let's see if Alan Bestwick has caught up with him. Well, Barney, it wasn't a good day for Bill Elliott. I'm walking alongside him now. Bill, 31st today. Your thoughts? Well, it wasn't a bad day. I mean, you know, the guy asked me at Rockingham, I had a bad day and I finished fourth. I guess today wasn't too bad looking at the size of it. It don't matter. I mean... It matters, but there ain't nothing we can do about it. We'll cruise on to Atlanta and see what happens. Does it almost make Atlanta easier for you? I mean, you know you just got to go win the race. Well, all I, I can't lose a championship at this point. All I can do is win it. Thoughts of Bill Elliott. Thank you, Bill. Bill, 31st today. He'll go to Atlanta 40 points behind Dave. Let's go back to the pits. We're with Alan Quickie, the fourth-place finisher today. Alan, you came into the race. 
You're 85 behind, and now you're just 30 behind. You've got one to do it. Well, you know, we made up a little more ground today, and we had a good run with the Hooters for Thunderbird and uh, led parts of that race, you know, but just we didn't have the track position to contend for it at the end, and that was the best we could do. The tire situation today, you made some calls or the way that you needed the track position, so you only changed two tires. Did it hurt your car an awful lot? It was about the same with the four and the two. Well, I could lead the race for a while, even on two tires, but eventually they'd go away, and we got behind once and did another two-tire stop to catch up, got us back in position. I mean, I didn't know there's 25 laps to go in a race. You come in second, you know, you, you're going to get four tires to figure you're going to be a contender to win. Going to Atlanta, Atlanta's, you have had some good runs, Atlanta. You've been a top qualifier there. Your thoughts? Well, you know, we're not going to change anything that we've been doing. We're just going to go and do the best that we can, uh, not really change our approach, just try to have a good run, and we'll see where the cards fall. 30 points behind, one race to do it. That's Alan Kowicki, fourth place finisher this afternoon. And another win for the Forge here today with Davey Allison getting the victory. It's a 15-win season for the Ford Thunderbirds here in 1992. That is a new modern era record for Ford. The most wins for that manufacturer in a single season dating back to 1972, the modern era of NASCAR Winston Cup racing. We have just gotten the official rundown from NASCAR. Why don't we pass it along to the folks, Mark? Davey Allison, of course, the winner. Finishing second is Mark Martin. Third will go to Darrell Walter. Fourth, that's... Alan Kowicki finishing fifth is Jimmy Spencer. Sixth, that's Kenny Schrader. Seventh to Derek Cope. Bobby Hamilton will finish eighth. Ninth to Sterling Marlin. Dale Earnhardt rounds out the top ten. Michael Waltrip finishes eleventh. Brett Bodine finishes twelfth. Wally Dolan back thirteenth. Harry Gant fourteenth. Hut Strickland driving the Greg Sachs car will finish fifteenth in the running order. Looks like Terry Labonte will finish sixteenth. Rick Mast will finish seventeenth and eighteenth to Lake Speed. 19th spot going to Kyle Petty today and 20th finishing will be Dale Jarrett 21st Jimmy Spencer excuse me 21st Jimmy Hensley 22nd Richard Petty 23rd will be John Krebs 24th goes to and a tough break uh, for the uh, young team for Ted Musgrave they were running so very well had problems just a handful of laps in the finish they finish back in 24th position 25th today goes to Ron Hornaday 26th will be Jeff Davis 27th Bill Sedgwick the new Winston West Series champion. 28th is Rusty Wallace. 29th position will be Butch Gilliland with relief help from Ron Esau. And 30th, Ricky Rudd. 31st is Bill Elliott. 32nd, Stanley Smith. 33rd will be Bill Schmidt. Ernie Irvin finishes 34th. Dave Marcus takes home 35th place honors. 36th today will go to the Jeff Purvis car with 37th being the Scott Gaylord entry driving the Jimmy Means machine. 38th is Morgan Shepard, 39th Jeff Bodine, 40th Dick Trickle, 41st Ricky Scribner, and the first man out of the event, Rick Corelli, finishing in 42nd. What all of this means is that Davey Allison is the new Winston Cup Series point leader. He has a 30-point advantage on Alan Kowicki. Bill Elliott is now third in the points. He is 40 behind Davey Allison. Harry Gant is now fourth in points, 97 behind. That's official number, 97 behind for Harry Gant. And Kyle Petty is one point further behind. He's fifth in the points, 98 
behind Davey Allison. So that's the story here in Phoenix today. Our thanks to Joe Moore and Fred Armstrong. They covered the turns today. Our trio of pit reporters were Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Alan Bestwick. On the scoring loop today, Martha Oliver and Judy Robinson. Our production assistant was Lenny Thatcher. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Our congratulations today to a number of big winners. Davey Allison winning the race. Bill Sedgwick winning the Winston West Series championship. And Davey Allison again taking over the Winston Cup Series point lead with just one race to go. From the Valley of the Sun, we bid you a good afternoon. It's been a great day here in Phoenix. We'll talk to you next week. So long, everyone. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.